0: Howdy, howdy, welcome back to the Text Trek Podcast. Uh, this is Fathery coming at you with just a short little disclaimer. Unfortunately, due to some technical issues, this installment of the Text Trek Podcast does not have as high of quality audio as I would like to provide my listeners. I do apologize about that. I actually lost the uh, audio track for myself. So I still have this, this great conversation, you know, with our season finales, we typically run a little longer and we have like this long, deep conversation about the season three finale of Star Trek Discovery that I hope that you still enjoy. Just be warned that my audio for myself is going to be a little crackly. There's some pops in there that I've tried to clean up the best I can And everyone else sounds fine for the most part. Uh, I was unable to go in, like, silence some of the background noise like I typically do. You're going to hear Dave's cat meowing a lot. But, hey, it's the internet and people love cats, so that might be a plus. Uh, Again, I do apologize and I will do everything I can to make sure stuff like this does not happen again. Uh, In the meantime, though, here is the podcast. Enjoy. (coughs) I'm Fathery.
1: I'm Starfleet Boy.
0: This is Dave.
2: This is Brian.
0: And this is Text Trek. Engage. Welcome back aboard the Starship, Texas, for the 131st installment of the Tex Trek podcast, the home of Star Trek fandom from deep in the heart of Texas, where we talk all about Star Trek all the time. Tonight, we are talking about Star Trek Discovery Season 3, Episode 13, the season finale, That Hope Is You, Part 2, written by showrunner Michelle Paradise and directed by the head director, Olatunde Osunsanmi. And just to uh, recap everything before we start uh, talking about it, I'm going to read the official synopsis for this episode and then kind of expand on that with spoilers. The official synopsis reads, As the Emerald Chain tightens its grips and the mystery of the Burn is finally solved, Burnham and the crew have one last chance to save themselves and the Federation. And just to uh, expand on that in some spoilery detail, Burnham, Book, and Tilly... And the rest of the crew uh, fight back to recapture the Disco from Osira and the Emerald Chain. They get back to the Dilithium planet in time to save Saru, Colber, and Adira. Everyone learns that so caused the burn, but Saru goes to live on Kaminar with him to uh, help him adjust to life outside of the holodeck. And Michael is promoted to captain and given command of the ship. Well... a lot of stuff so uh yeah that's uh that's pretty much everything that happens and i was able to like recap it pretty quickly in three sentences so uh, it's uh not a lot happens in like the the long over an hour long length of this episode
3: well we also of course found out vance was uh, a secret uh, spy and uh, that grudge was the queen of an (laughs) alien galaxy (laughs) What? <laughs> I just wanted to remind people of those things, of course, uh, those big reveals yeah. happen. Too.
0: Yeah, sometimes a cat is just a cat, y'all. <laughs> Literally, my cat was like,
3: meowing right when you said that, Fathery. <laughs> like I said way
0: back at the beginning of the season, I don't think there's any reason to believe Grudge is going to turn out to be like the super secret alien reveal. Yeah. They've they've done so much of, like this mystery box thing that people are like looking for like clues to mysteries that ain't even there. But that's on
3: them then. Um, and also, uh, that just means that it's such a big reveal that they're waiting for season four for it.
2: Oh my, my, well, my fear
0: I, is that Now like they've heard people like talk about that and be like, I guess the fans want yeah. this. So now we're going to do this stupid <laughs> that idea. That was what I was about to, to say is
2: I think this is going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy if people don't shut up about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, uh,
0: we should each give our opening statement and just kind of express our, our broad uh, feelings and reaction to this. And so, we'll just go ahead and let uh, Starfleet Boy go first, and then we'll go around the room. but Starfleet boy, uh, give us your uh, opening statement uh just your general reaction to this episode
1: thanks uh first time I watched it, I was like pretty much caught up in all the excitement and the emotion, and I think it really delivered in terms of entertainment, you know, like it was really exciting, and there was a lot going on, but it like felt right um Paul Sutherland on twitter said something about how like all the episodes should be an hour so you can jam everything in like all the action and the you know and so on and so forth and i kind of agree i like that length. who said that uh paul sutherland on twitter
0: no these shouldn't all be an hour they made the last season of doctor who everything longer and those episodes are like so like bloated and too long i'm right,
2: saying i, got what him say, I, it, I would say that <laughs> discovery might need that extra length because they never take the time to explain anything. So maybe if they had a few extra minutes, they would say, "Oh, okay, we could have a meeting room scene where we go over everything a bit." Um, and and I, I'm not sure about the other Star Treks, but I think Discovery could use a few more minutes. Right. So. Thank you, well, thank well, you. Sorry Brian, to
1: interrupt.
0: I, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't sure who you were talking about, so that's why I I was
1: not, that was exciting. I, I you never interrupt the the you never interrupt the 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 opening thoughts um uh the best thing about the whole thing for me i have a lot of uh qualms about it little tiny nitpicks rather i should say um and i'm I'm sure we'll get into it as we go through our discussion but the thing that was most exciting to me and the thing that like had the most impact on me was captain burnham that was like just such such a great moment and you know three years waiting for it like anticipating it wondering if it was going to happen all of that just like came out of me in a in a rush of emotion and i was just like a babbling uh kind of crying buffoon at the end uh and i've watched it three times now and it still gets me it still gets me in the heart like every time so i really appreciated that uh and and then just i also feel like this episode kind of like nicely put to rest a era of discovery and i'm excited because i think season four is going to be like kind of like the show will now take off or let's fly as burnham says it'll fly <laughs> cool i yeah.
3: uh i feel bad uh following up on that because uh my initial reaction was a poor one um, <laughs> as they sent some uh embittered messages uh, shortly after i saw it and and my I've, I've only viewed it a second time and i actually did Uh, did rein in my my opinions a little bit on it, but in a lot of ways I felt disappointed by it, that it was um, mostly things I didn't like. Uh, The big reveals were ones that I sort of felt I kind of knew were going to happen two episodes back, that Burnham becoming captain uh, was not actually something I necessarily wanted. It, It makes sense, but I guess I... I had uh, I had warmed to Old Saru and that, you know now I of course in retrospect father you were right that uh, they've been laying the seeds for his failed captaincy or rather that uh, it wasn't quite his thing yet uh and throughout the season and then there was um there was a lot of action movie tropes in it that I found sort of wearying uh, they reminded me of sort of that Michael Bass uh you know third act stuff where I wasn't really into the action. I'm kind of bored by it because I feel like the heroes are immune and are just kind of waltzing through it. Not that they don't get beat up, just that I don't really feel the stakes. Um, and we're kind of just avoiding all the threats because they're the heroes. Um, the, uh, I, I did sort of, there's, there's bits and pieces I liked from, you know, the uh, Tilly the, uh, and Owo and stuff busting through the halls with a uh, two gun action I thought uh, Doug Jones acted the hell out of his uh, sequences with uh, Sukol. and uh, and I and I really actually liked the small but notable moment of uh, notable moments of Gray uh, being able to interact with the crew and having a corporeal form, corporeal holographic form. I know that's an oxymoron, um, but. Uh, By and large, uh, it it was a conclusion I didn't really uh, like too much at all, and I got dizzy from the camera spinning a lot.
2: I guess i questioned the, well, i, I questioned question Fathery's comment about it. Be, this should be shorter. They had so many threads that needed to be tied up in one episode that it didn't surprise me at all that this was an hour long. And the idea that there wasn't, a, uh, there, there that there not much happened, given the number of threads that were resolved, I felt a lot happened in this episode. I'd also, I get that things, some of the endings uh, or or reveals were predictable. But given that Discovery's big problem for season one and two has been an inability to. Uh, properly foreshadow and set up the events that happen in their stories. I feel like if they overdid it with the, the not making the mystery, not, not making the mysteries quite so mysterious and not, and, and foreshadowing the solu- answers to the mysteries a bit too much, I, I, I can see how you get to that course correction try after, after season one and two where, where nothing is, is, is properly set up. I, or very little is properly set up. I thought, uh, so I, I can't really criticize them for, for overcompensating a bit while fixing a problem that was bugging me in season one and two. Um, so I, I loved how this pulled the season together. I, I loved how this was a, a, a great capper to the season, Uh, or at least a very good capper to the season in a way that Picard, I thought, did not quite achieve. Um, and, uh, And I had a lot more questions and uncertainties at the end of Picard, whereas I feel like I... I feel pretty solidly like I know exactly what, what, what the hell happened and, and what everything that met, happened in season three meant and, and, and what the whole season meant. And, um, so yeah, I, I, I liked it a lot. I was very impressed that they, with only 60 minutes, they managed to get all of this stuff wrapped up. Uh, cause I didn't think they'd be able to do it, but I was probably, I was probably used to Discovery Season One and Two's inability to to construct things well. Uh that this this season has not had that problem. Uh the the, the 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 just solid, if perhaps slightly predictable plot constructions. Um and I already think it's flying. Uh but uh yeah, I i I really liked the the way this this tied everything together with the idea of connections and everything it it literally used connections to make connections uh <laughs> which i I thought was i i mean perhaps that's bland but uh I enjoyed it um and yeah it was it was not my favorite episode of the season but uh it's not my least favorite uh and I honestly don't have any episode this season that I actually didn't like but but I thought this was a pretty solid ending. Uh, to the to season three
1: i have a quick addendum which is it's just un it's just crazy kismet how discovery season three kind of lined up with real life you know in many ways and some of the themes that we're all exploring and things like that when you said that about connection and michelle paradise Mm -hmm. said that in in the ready room as well Mm -hmm. and it was it's that's I think that's why I was like so much more attached to this episode is that it literally happened the day after like some crazy shit was going down in yeah. the USA. And like it was just weird how the messaging, you know, as good stories are, you can kind of, you know, transpose some of the messaging uh, in there. And so it was it was a powerful experience in a way for this Trekkie.
2: It was, yeah, I think it was tonally the the right story for the right week, uh, yeah. even if that was purely a coincidence. coincidence
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. mm. Well, uh, I'll just go ahead and give my opening statement, and then we'll we'll talk about the whole thing in more detail. But um, strap in, this is gonna be a this is gonna be kind of a long uh, a, a long opening statement. Please allow me to just self indulge for a little okay. bit because I, I have a lot to say, and it's a little nuanced. So just just hang in there. Don't don't judge what I'm saying until like I get to the end.
1: I won't oh, but... interrupt you. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Please, please don't interrupt like I do. Please, uh, but <laughs> I'll I'll be clear up front. You know, this episode does a good job of addressing most of of the storylines that they had been drawing out, and it really tries to swing for the fences and deliver an epic season finale. But I dislike this episode. I liked parts of it. I also hated parts of it. So it, it just kind of averages out as a general dislike for me. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from anyone who did like it, though, and, and there are still things in it that I like, so I'm going to be talking about those as, as we go along, and it it brings me no joy to say this, and I, I wish it wasn't the case, but it did really let me down after how much I was digging the show last week. I was really on board, and uh, I, I wouldn't say I had high expectations going into this episode, but I certainly had high hopes. Uh, I think Kenneth. Lynn who wrote last week's episode and Jonathan Frakes who, who directed last week's episode both did really fantastic work and they they teed up a th- this finale episode so well and I then you know the head writer and the head director came on and I, I just feel like they tried way too hard <laughs> at too many things and it, it it overall fell very flat for me um and I'm not as disappointed as I thought I, I would be. Like, I, I still feel satisfied with, with Season 3 as a whole. Which is like, just like this episode. I, I just dislike this one. But there's been a few this season I disliked. Overall, I, I'm satisfied with Season 3. Uh, my my problems, for the most part, are just with the storytelling in this episode. And it's not something that's really going to, like, carry over into Season 4. So I'm still very excited for Season 4. I'm looking forward to what happens next. And um, it's, it's just... At one point here, I have to mention this. The first time I was watching this, uh, about halfway through the episode, it just reached a point, and I'll point it out when we get to it, where I felt so apathetic. And I've never felt that way with Star Trek before, other than a, a, a few occasions. But I just, like, I didn't care what happened next. I I, I wanted to stop watching. It was like not, not stop watching the show, but just stop watching the episode. And that has not happened to me since season three of Star Trek Enterprise. I actually remember the exact moment it was in the uh, season three finale on Star Trek Enterprise that, season, that when they're having like that the, that big fight on their Zindi Death Star thing. I just I, I was just like, why, why am I still watching this? I just didn't feel anything with that episode, and that's how that's how I am here, and it makes it makes me sad because I do wonder if like Discovery is just a show that like I don't know, maybe I I like Enterprise and Voyager more than this, and it's just my least favorite Star Trek show, and I, I don't want that to be the case. Uh, However, I'll say this. um, I I have enjoyed a lot in these first three seasons and considering how I did have some issues with Voyager and Enterprise. I still like those shows. I like every Star Trek show. But those both got way, way, way better for me in season four. And it it feels dumb to be like four years into a TV show and be like, well, maybe next year is the one, but... uh, Hopefully, like season four of Discovery is the one that I just I just flat out love that, that, that really really wins me over like Voyager and like Enterprise both did. So, um, but yeah, that's that's where I'm at.
3: Just as an aside, Father, Ian, uh, I, I was in that same same boat uh, as you were um, probably in like the last twenty minutes, where uh, I think I, I found myself. Uh, checking my phone and uh, doing other stuff and I felt really bad about it but I was just like I guess I'll care maybe more about this on the rewatch because I just was not into anything that was happening in that last act <laughs> so yeah it was a, it was a rough go for me as well
0: yeah and, and I Can like put, a lot of the uh, first half d- of the episode it's just and I like the tail ending it's just like like kind of like that uh I didn't
1: like the ending either middle
0: middleish part <laughs>
1: Okay. Could you put up uh, Geek Filter's um comment about seems like season four could go back to some good old exploration? I think it you was not... season one oh, one through three season one through three of Discovery as like the epilogue. This is like, and, and Katwalski was talking about something about like how it's a playground or a sandbox or whatever. I think it really did take Discovery Three seasons to ramp up to figure itself out this was the most solid season and that's why i'm most excited about next season and i do think that like it's going to be even more spectacular i'm sorry you were disappointed with the finale but um you know overall it seems like you like the season overall like you were enjoying it and then
3: I've been starting to get like uh, I, I, I like I don't this, this would be a misuse of the word PTSD. i I feel <laughs> I, I feel exaggeratedly traumatized. I, I did not truly. Um, <laughs> I by, would I say calloused. Yes, calloused. by by uh, like most of the endings to um to the, the various new Star Treks, um and uh, I, I haven't seen the lower decks, but that's because I didn't like lower decks in general. Um, but uh, but I but I am about to watch those, uh, so we'll we'll get a thought on that too. But Picard and at least two seasons of discovery left me with uh, endings I didn't like. Most of it, I think for me comes down to the fact that these um, uh, th- th- that sort of the big mystery serial builds, I, th- I think they're failing at it for me, and, and I don't want them to do that. If they did a season of exploration that was not all built around like we need to discover some mystery, then I'm into it uh, but but because they are still trying to do that buffy format and build to some big bad and a big finale with lots of shooting i i hate that structure on them. i i it feels very anti trek to me
1: on on the ready room um um i can't remember her name but i think the actor who plays owo um she i didn't watch like, ready room this week i usually she do was, she was saying that um what you can expect of course from discovery which i thought was an interesting acknowledgement uh, is more drama next season so it's very i think it's very like they've made a statement you know some people are calling it like the cw star trek or whatever so i think this just comes hand in hand with discovery i will just say this that like other than tos and actually let me think about that for a second yeah other than tos i had a i think all the other for me personally and and i think what's typical in my experience and discussions with these folks all the other star treks had like a ramp up period like they didn't have whether it's the first two seasons or the first three seasons, like they all kind of were finding themselves in those early seasons. And I think like, again, I, I was just excited because I felt like discovery really was, was looking, it looks like it's find It's found itself yeah. uh, here. And you know, despite any, you know, like one episode
2: or two episodes being off. <laughs> I, yeah. I feel very much. This reminds me of season three of TNG, which felt like a quantum leap, uh, above, uh, seasons one and two, uh, that, that, that they, there was suddenly everything was working and maybe there's, there's high, greater heights to get to perhaps, but, but there was this monstrous leap in, in overall story structure and storytelling nature and stuff that I, I very much appreciated, um, uh, in this season. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I, there's parts of Picard that I liked a whole hell of a lot, but this might be my favorite season of New Trek. Um. Uh, of this new generation of Trek, um, possibly I'd have to go back and rewatch Picard. It might be that I like Picard more, but but if it is, it's a very close thing.
1: If you if you do rewatch Picard, I'd love to uh, talk to you after every episode because it's my jam. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I loved
2: Picard a lot, though I will say that I thought the episode last two episodes were a little eh. under.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Father, if I'm not
3: mistaken, there's we're we're, we're probably going to do an episode sometime soon that's more of a an overview of like the full series, which will probably do a little bit more of this compare, contrast and stuff with uh, uh, all the seasons.
0: Week, yeah. Ne- next week, next Friday, we're still going to be live, but we're only going to be talking about lower decks season one and discovery season three. Got it. Um, and, and yeah, just coming off like this, this 23 weeks of, of star Trek and, and how we feel about both of those. Cause we weren't able to do that with lower decks to talk about the whole season. Cause we went straight into disco season three. Yeah, I do. I do like that. Like we each have like uh, our own favorites. The good, like infinite diversity and infinite combinations. I my favorite is Lower Decks, and Starfleet Boys' favorite is Picard, and Brian's favorite is Discovery, and, and Dave's favorite, favorite is, is, is
3: none of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of them, uh, Dis- Discovery is my favorite. I, it has the moments that I that I most like. But uh, I'm I'm going to dread uh, next season's ending, even if I'm loving the season, because I'm going to be like, well, here it comes. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh that that scene in Star Trek two, just waiting for uh, Kirk to fuck my ship up. Here it comes. Well here
0: comes our here breakdown comes. of the episode. We're going to uh discuss everything uh beat by beat, just uh tear this thing apart like we're uh, Osiris Emerald Chain Scientist trying to learn the secrets of the spore is gonna dissect <laughs> it and analyze it and learn all about it, and uh, share it with all of y'all. Nice uh, so metaphor.
3: I just, uh, <laughs> I just hope off... that
0: none of us betrays us uh, during it. Like, <laughs> yeah, no uh... betrayal. Do I have to choke yeah. somebody with my green hand and talk about how my heart works?
3: <laughs> it's tougher on Zoom, but we'll do what we can. You're going <laughs> to, Starfleet boy, choke yourself.
4: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Before Aaron leaves, uh, yes, I think TAS might be, uh, the animated series might be the other series that I didn't, ha- that from season one was great, so Yeah.
0: Yes. I well I think lower decks, the animated series and, and yeah. TOS were all yeah. like out of the gates, firing on all cylinders.
1: Really good, yeah. Uh,
0: but even with the original series, you still you had like that false pilot with the we're well, not false pilot, right. but the failed pilot. With the cage, right. where like, well, right. they still have some bugs to work out.
1: But but one could say, oh, they only needed one episode to get their shit together <laughs> instead uh, of whole well, one episode <laughs> and a whole year. But, yeah, no, uh, I know. or something. Maybe it wasn't a whole year. But it was a yeah, bunch they a of cage guys. in
0: '64, and they shot where no man's gone before in '65. Yeah, well, no, let's talk about um, let's, let's talk about this uh this battle the Starfleet HQ. I'm just gonna uh go over all of the. Uh, the the big events that happen, and then we'll talk about the whole sequence. But you know, we we started the episode off with uh, the Starfleet ships surrounding the Discovery and attacking the Discovery. Kovitch and Admiral Vance are are there commanding the battle. Osiris still in command of the, the Discovery. She has Burnham captured and Book captured. Uh, Tilly and the rest of the bridge crew they're rolling around with the dot sevens trying to recapture the ship and the dot sevens are getting blown up. That's actually my, my favorite part of this episode. <laughs> uh, and uh, while that's going on, we, we get some stuff from Kovitch about uh, he's saying, you know, we, we need to protect the discovery. We can't destroy it. That would send a terrible message and stuff like that. Stamets is also there in the HQ and he says, let me go back there. I got to jump the ship and save my family. And the Admiral's like, no, we can't risk that. We're getting you the hell away from here.
2: That was and your then, scene. Enjoy it. <laughs> and then
0: the uh, Romulan Vulcan Vidari ships uh, show up. You can't really uh, see them, but they're there and they're willing to assist. And Michael, you know, trying to figure out what to do to save the day. She tells Osyraa, let me talk to Vance. I'll get us out of here. And she asks him on the view screen to trust her. And she has a plan and he agrees to let the discovery go and... The, the rest of, of, of the ships uh, follow the Discovery and the Emerald Chain ship, the Viridian, and they have a high warp pursuit. What'd y'all think of like this opening battle sequence? I yeah, just I just have a that... quick
3: question before sure. we do that. Has every, um, uh, uh, well, for Disco and uh, Picard, every live action new Star Trek show ended uh, ended their season with a battle?
0: Um. The only
3: one I wasn't sure on was Discovery Season 1. Was there a big battle there? I know it's a whole season battle.
0: I mean, like, most of it is, like, the ship is, like, hiding inside of of Kronos, and there's there's about to be, like, a Klingon attack on Earth, but Mm -hmm. it's, like, before the battle, and then the battle is prevented.
3: Okay. I know the rest, like, Picard, for sure, and Seasons 2 and 3 of Disco, for sure. Okay. Picard
0: does kind of avoid the big battle. It kind of teases it. Yeah. doesn't go through with it. I
1: guess there's at
3: least that. I just wish that they weren't all ending with big battles.
1: (laughs) It's a little formulaic. Discovery doesn't like Ceremony, though. I really would have liked when the Navarre fleet arrived, I really would have liked just, like, a a motif in the music and then, like, you know, (laughs) some close-ups of those ships and maybe just, like, you know, something like that because it was pretty... It was pretty uh, a pretty profound thing that Navarre even arrived, yeah. you know, If uh, they had given them a... they some uh,
0: Vulcans like on the bridge of these, these yeah. ships... Yeah. See,
3: like, it would have been cool if Navarre had had a, a musical leitmotif early on that they could return to. Uh, very yeah. much, you know, like we all know that when Worf shows up, you're going to get some background <laughs> on theme
1: from, from dun, TMP. Dun, 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 dun. I mean... Yeah, it's true.
2: I know that the Navarre... Uh, the, uh, the Navarre showing up thematically ties in very strongly but plot wise they do nothing you really could have (laughs) it's very silly that michael called them last week and it's silly that they show up and it contribute nothing to the stories there's already a bunch of starfleet ships there any storytelling you need to do with a bunch of starfleet ships can be done with what you've already set up in the previous episode i I also Um,
1: think this is another critique which is how could they not anticipate certain things like you show us an episode many seasons early uh, many uh, episodes earlier and you introduce Navarre and the concept that the Romulans and the Vulcans are together like it's it's a good chunk of your audience is going to want to see what the new warbirds or whatever their ships are are going to be like that was like something that like i had this prediction or feeling that like the Navaran fleet would come into play at some point or something like that and i was like oh maybe we'll see this like hybrid vulcan romulan yeah. vessel it would have been so amazing and those so those are the little things that really disappoint me about discoveries that like yes like um you know the the moment at the end with burnham's grape but like this would have been an awesome like little high point as well and i, I mean it yeah. delivered like it, it would have i, been I a guess a little
0: fan I, servicey but it would have been yeah it, it would have added the justification you needed yeah as it wouldn't be like a great justification but it still would have been like cool to I mean, like.
2: So so they, they show up to provide an Easter egg of sorts or I mean yeah, that's answers. better
0: than they they show up to do nothing at all. Yeah but
1: there is well. emotion tied to it, right? Like the Vulcans and the Romulans are as old as TOS, right? Like we you know uh and 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 they played heavily in Picard. If you're not if you're only into the newer Star Trek then they ha- played heavily into Picard and, you know, they they were around in – they were referenced in uh, Lower Decks. So it, it just would be nice uh, – it would have been nice to have seen,
2: like, something like that
1: for yeah. me. That was one of my first critiques.
2: I, I didn't – given that they had nothing for them to do, I would have preferred <laughs> that they just not be here and we deal with them in detail <laughs> next season. Uh, and maybe do a nice big two-parter, Unification 4 and 5 or something. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I did not get why they were there. Um I will point out, and this is something every Star Trek series does, but Discovery, a ship from the twenty third century, albeit refitted heavily, <laughs> apparently gets pounded on by like every what, a dozen Starfleet yes. starships <laughs> for like six minutes or more. It's hard to it tell. It was
1: unbelievable they, that they, they say, didn't say that the shield it. will yes. fail
2: in five minutes, and then we see it fail. So we know that it was at least five, at least like six minutes of pounding, <laughs> and the ship is not only does the ship not just explode but it's apparently in pretty decent shape in subsequent scenes and maybe it has super fast repairs so as soon yeah. as they get 30 minutes of not getting shot they can put it all back together they can put again all but, it together, yeah. but and i guess we haven't really seen starfleet starships have we well no we, we saw bookship was able to blow, uh, to kick the crap out of a big ship so it's not yeah. like in the future all ships are, are impossible juggernauts and nobody can mount weapons that are powerful enough to hurt the 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 state of the art ships anymore so and and but every single star trek series does this every star if it's the hero ship it can take like 20 to 100 times more damage be, without blowing up than than any other ship in, 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 that you see in Star Trek, if it's the well, hero ship.
3: Later on, uh, yeah, Book will be tortured with the fires of hell, uh, <laughs> only to be running around fine in the hallway a few <laughs> minutes later. Hey, Father, do <laughs> you mind throwing up Stress-Free K's uh, last comment about the Navar ships? Uh, Stress-Free K wrote, I think the Navar ships are a COVID casualty. Because uh, they were literally working from home to do most of the post production uh, visual effects stuff.
0: I that might be the case, but I'm, I'm the show was delayed long enough that they had actually like more time, and the CGI in season three is m- more polished than we've seen it before. And I think that I think COVID actually helped with a lot of the CGI.
1: Uh, not only that honest. it's just also been kind of typical of discovery to do this thing of like not really you know and then like yeah, the copy I mean, paste if, if your if your animators
0: are like working that, from home they can log on to like their work computers remotely i would think and they have access to all those resources so i, I don't know if that's if that's exactly i will just happened. say
1: this like i've seen some pretty crazy impressive stuff on youtube with a single individual working at home on a pc like yeah. so I mean, I know they have different time go, frames. Go look but,
0: yeah. at E.C. Henry's video on where he's complaining about the Discovery shuttles being in Picard. And he's like, it's not that hard to just CGI a little modern shuttle to be in the background. Like, look, I did it myself in like 12 hours. This is it. And it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, is that good enough shot to be in the show? Yeah.
3: Like, yeah, I think, uh, you know, what was interesting to me when I watched the um, uh, the, the Ready Room that where they interviewed Jonathan Frakes... Was when they talked about the scene. I think it was when Vance was sort of uh, having his verbal duel with Osira, and he said that they had time. I think in that scene to do some. Um, I think it was that scene. It could have been another to do some. Um, they rehearsed. They rehearsed. So to it. rehearse it, and I was like, "Oh, do they not rehearse like <laughs> all their stuff?" And I guess on their timelines, you know, w- you know, trying to keep it all in budget and stuff like that. That yeah, they they don't often get a chance or to keep it on do that schedule. In- yeah, yeah exception rather schedule. than the rule. And so no, Amer- American
2: of- television does not generally have full cast or even partial cast rehearsals. Uh, that's mm-hmm. why Quark, all the Ferengi actors used to get together and have their oh, own improvised right. rehearsals right. At, at Quark's house or something, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they would go to Armin Shimmerman's house. Armin Shimmerman's house, yeah. It-,
3: it shouldn't have to be the case because that's like essentially uh, using their own time for, for work, but – but it's but that but it is still cool. Uh, I think, the, I think uh,
0: normally in TV you do a table reading and then you yeah. block it out with the director on yeah. set and then you shoot. You yeah.
2: yeah, I don't know how it is now, but classic Doctor Who, they BBC did actually have designated rehearsal days, which was something that I thought was which which American television wasn't doing in the sixties, seventies, and eighties. But uh, I don't know if they still have rehearsal days for Doctor Who or not.
3: Osira basically that things were falling apart and she says I I want the Federation obliterated that was this that was the point where the character sort of ceased to be interesting I I hated that they made her so cool kind of interesting and nuanced in the last episode and yes we knew it was going to fall apart but um, that she did just to me become that generic villain for then the rest of the show
1: one character that I one
0: character that I think did become more interesting that I want to talk about before we move on is Kovic I like that they uh, kind of showed a little bit more of, like, his his own, like, um, beliefs, I guess. Like, he's been kept very mysterious, and there's been a lot of speculation. Maybe he's, like, a more sinister character. And I was hoping that he wasn't, because I'm, I'm tired of sinister Starfleet. And I, I, I there's similar suspicions of Vance, but I think we can put all that to rest now. Here, when he's the one who's concerned about the... Uh, the effect that that fired on the discovery that losing that ship would have in the, and he he seems to be clearly devoted to this idea of like rebuilding the federation and reaching back out to the worlds that they've lost yeah yeah they um
3: basically a, a unguarded conversation occurred where he they both seemed very uh seemingly straightforward they 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 were mm. what they well, what at least what Vance looked to be uh, – what's his name? Uh, Kovic uh, did, did seem kind of weird and shady for Starfleet, his sort of mind games and stuff with um, – I don't think
1: he's – I think he's a Federation official of some sort. I think he might be – maybe he's um, Federation security or – some people were speculating he was going to be revealed to be the president, but he is obviously not that. But Yeah, they're saying that for season dude. four. He wears a suit and a tie. Um, he knows is a lot. Yeah, he like so feels like a specialist. Yeah, a specialist,
2: I, I, if he yeah. is Starfleet, I think he's already retired. Clearly, I think he's a Seville, it, it, yeah, a civilian at this point.
0: A, yeah, he could have retired and then come back on as like a consultant. Like that happens. Yeah, every, that'd be I'd, I'd, I'd
3: be happy with that explanation.
1: It, it would have been uh. nice <laughs> to have like a, a little line somewhere in the series that just you know yeah, like I don't. It's I a don't bit know, of an I'm odd omission. Mysterious
0: with them, though. I, I'm okay with yeah. that being a mystery as. As they do pay it off. Oh, now
3: Fathery likes the mystery (laughs) box.
0: No, that's not really a mis. They're not like t. They're like you're the problem. Who is COVID? What could this mean? They're not like building plot around it. Right, but uh, but, it is one of those
3: weird things where because they've done the mystery boxes and they and because Trek has had so many bad morals and all that. A mystery like that will lead people to kind of speculate sort of wildly. <laughs> uh, uh, sometimes, you know, but, you
0: know, he's yeah. another
1: variant of a... Bat- that's why I was backwards.
0: responsible to put that to rest here in this episode.
1: I want to say, though, that I think that the team uh, behind Discovery almost values that more because... I think it it wouldn't have hurt to like it, it's just typical when you have an operative come aboard your ship to introduce them and their role like it's just and it and it wouldn't have detracted from other mysteries like why does he know so much about you know. This or that, or why does he talk to Giorgio a certain way, or why there was there were so many mysteries that we didn't get any answers to, like why do the you know why does he blink at at Giorgio in the interrogation scene, and then after that, that's when she realizes, oh, if I blink at these hollows, they'll disappear or get or glitch out. Well, I There's don't just think he, I of... don't
0: think he was trying to do that. I think that was people over analyzing yeah, like, that. Yeah,
1: I I was one of those, but that's what I'm but like,
0: Boy, you were I... just saying that they could have said at some point. Uh,
3: this is specialist so and so consulting uh, for the far, post post retirement for the first
1: Starfleet, you know? exactly, or whatever whatever the case may be. And I think it wouldn't have taken away from the mystery of what. The, I don't think the mystery is the title. It's the a person can, can still be answer.
3: enigmatic without
2: right. us literally not knowing what his job is. <laughs> what, what their yeah.
4: job is, exactly.
2: especially when he looks like that, which is not a right. normal Star Trek look. The the tie, right. he the glasses, apart from
1: everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even in
2: right. the ties, the glasses, the manner. He 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 immediately calls into question who the heck is this guy even if they give you a title um so fair enough uh i um i really really like the let us go bit uh the 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 you know i i the first time i was a little uncertain does this actually make sense or not but the second time i watch it like no no it i i buy it i buy it there's yeah i think it does yeah and i i thought it was one of the i one of the nice high points of this episode was 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 that beat there um and you know, it's funny uh, i
3: had a i had a friend who um the previous episode that uh, most of us were pretty on board or very on board um but he didn't like it because he felt that um uh, he he was uh, burnham uh, telling us uh, stammets that he's got to you know his hopes and dreams have to get thrown away for the for the greater good he felt it was almost it was uh, hypocritical of her after all the sort of rule breaking that she's kind of done and and this um and I do get that to some degree she is kind of um sort of uh, always asking forgiveness never permission i guess that's a, i mean it's a bit of a starfleet trope but but i was it was kind of wearing on me i guess by that point point. and so uh, i would have liked for that to have felt like a empowering sequence where you know a soon to be captain uh, was was showing how, you know, they could be in charge of a you know uh, be running events without actually having the power in the moment, but instead it, st- it sort of felt like oh boy, there's Burnham being Burnham again. <laughs>
2: um, I mean, it was still in character, but uh, I I don't know. I mean, since it actually made sense. Uh, in the broad scope of things, uh, especially from the heroic narrative perspective, I was like, "Yeah, okay, that's cool." That this guy, I, the admiral, yeah. hasn't trusted her. He hasn't necessarily. I mean, the worst case scenario. And, yeah. The
0: worst case scenario: if Burnham is unable to like get control of the ship, yeah, then they just chase it all the way back to the dilithium nebula and they shoot it to
1: death there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It just, yeah. It was just. This was more I like when a, he was like more
3: of an emotional response on my part to uh, Burnham. The kind of, I don't know. I guess sort of perpetually asking for <laughs> favors or,
2: or just doing things on her own, uh, and people are like, okay. I mean, um, But I thought there was a decent amount of dramatic tension about is the Admiral going to trust her or not, and given everything that they've said. I think think you're right about
3: the dramatic tension of the scene. I think it was, like, effectively staged.
2: Yeah.
0: I like that he has, like, that pissy look on his face when he, like, swipes all his palms. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: that that was fun, too. (laughs) Yeah, that was great.
0: But, yeah, but, he, but the equivalent, does, that's
1: the equivalent of
3: closing a phaser or not a phaser a communicator hard and angry
1: yeah <laughs> or like
0: in the old days when you used to like hang up a phone hard and you'd hear like the bell inside ring. yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely our, our younger audience members like never knew that was a thing yeah <laughs> um yeah so let's i wonder if earl Grey
1: trekkie's ever seen a an old <laughs>
0: yeah robbie let us know if you've ever heard like a phone go like ding like you slammed it so hard um Let's talk about what's going on in in the ship in that sick base sequence, just real quick. I'll run through it, but they're they're torturing Buck trying to get this information from him. Where just wants to use the truth serum, but Zara says no. He's built up resistance to that. You got to use that mind control crown and, and really like make it painful for him because he's an empath and he's resistant. Where doesn't want to do it, so Osira chokes him. Zara applies the the crown to the torture crown. And uh, book is 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 able to, to resist, but he can only last so long. Burnham says, "Like, okay, stop. I'll get him to talk." And then she pulls uh, a fast one on them, throws up the uh, quarantine force filled in sick bay, shoots book up with some adrenaline to I guess knock off the the truth serum and get him back on his feet. And they uh, run off and escape. Uh, what do y'all think of this uh, sick bay sequence? You know, I want to quick throw out a compliment since
3: I've been pretty critical. Just on a purely action scene level, I thought the um, uh, the, the uh, force field, the medical uh, quarantine force field was a cool idea, something I hadn't thought of, but that actually makes sense as something that could be done in a really tight situation, and uh, I thought that was a cool action scene.
0: Let me, let me just say real quick, because I, I don't have time to say here, but my, my only uh, criticism of it is that it doesn't make a ton of sense that your quarantine force field would go to would like include the section where the door is. Like what if you have to like quarantine someone in there and then someone I like walking the down the corridor comes That's... in the door and then he's like open the door. And they're like, Oh, I just like, like broke the quarantine. Sorry. Because I, did, like, because point.
3: I, um, uh, you know, I assume that everything is kind of a little bit like their programmable matter in the future. Uh, and I'm going to give them a slight benefit of that and just say that Burnham just, hit one or two keys that, you know, set gave it the settings.
1: Well, also, why would the computer, which has been taken over by the Emerald chain OS, even
2: recognize her command? Which... I, I think it's just a button. I don't think yeah. the computer knows uh, who's pushing it. Uh, oh, didn't I,
1: she I, say though, computer, doesn't she say computer? Initiate I think she does. Block. I think it is an audio command. Yeah, like, I think oh, she I, does. I, I well, may maybe a
0: sickbay has an independent computer. <laughs>
1: That yeah. would make sense only because that would make sense because it would need maybe. Yeah, I get that. But again, last episode, you when would want said,
2: your quarantine field to be able to have a backup system so it would work no matter what happened yes. to the main computer. Right. <laughs> that's that that for sure. In case
0: the computer and your patient both have a virus. Yeah, yeah that's
2: a good point. Um, yeah.
1: I do love all the all the stuff here with Aurelio. I thought that was really good. Uh, again, um, you know, it is a shame that Osira was less interesting and went back to being a twirling moustache type of uh, villain, but that scene was pretty powerful, and you know, Mitchell, you know, did a great job here. I love that he's actually like pro- not afraid to protest, but then her true colors come out. Like it, it was very powerful, and you could see in the performance like this disappointment and fear, uh, being uh shown. And I, I, I really, I thought that was a great. I want to call out that. As a great scene,
0: I liked that uh, the the little exchange about like um, you know when he's like, "Why are you doing this?" Like I've I've seen you be good. Why are you being so cruel? And and she says, uh, "Oh, Orion hearts have six valves and blood flows <laughs> in both ways. they're so much more complex." I thought that was like a fun little bit of like writerly dialogue, and I and I say that in mm-hmm. like a in a good way and as as a compliment. I know sometimes criticize things for sounding too writerly, but I like that.
2: Yeah, I I loved. Michael's escape. uh I mean, there's a certain you know. I, I don't believe in the no win scenario. Is kind of like the Star Trek, is kind of like the <laughs> Star Trek equivalent of yippee ki yay, motherfucker. You know, <laughs> yeah. you, you know that they're about to kick your ass when they do, when they say that. That is that, that that was like oh, you might as well have just handed her a gun by bringing up that particular. Conversation I, I actually topic. dislike that. And, it,
0: it, that that it bothers me how much they have people say like. "Quote the good of the many outweighs the good of the few," but I, I'm like, okay, I thought that was like a cool thing from the Wrath of Khan, but I, I'm just gonna have to accept that, like, you know, that's just like <laughs> a piece of like Vulcan logic. It's like a common saying in the galaxy. Fine, whatever. But for it to be like everyone to start talking about like no-win situations now—that's Elzar. By this is uh, something like, that, that bugs um... me.
3: Uh, it's it's a little bit like uh, now everybody in the Marvel universe in in comics and stuff knows with great power comes great responsibility. which <laughs> was a very specific bit of Spider-Man lore. Once upon a time. Yeah. But, but Brian, I, I I I think I appreciate where where you're coming from though. It's it's, it's a very different perspective on it. But I
2: uh, I mean it was a, I guess I enjoyed it just because I, by that point. I really, really hated Osira and I wanted to see Michael do- kick some ass. And that was like, Oh, here it comes. <laughs> so, and uh, I was not disappointed either. The force field trick was clever fun visually exciting uh and and properly foreshadowed we've seen that force field since what season one i think Mm -hmm. um so so uh yeah i i was very pleased with that i did think our statement to to book that however much pain you're in now it's going to get a lot worse how did it get worse for him but um i guess it was because he was gonna have to get adrenaline shotted and oh, like yeah, run and around keep going, with yeah. the pain
3: or whatever. I, I, that yeah. still
2: looked like it was less painful than than what was happening before it absolutely did i also yeah. say bo- a, a book or the actor who played him acted the hell out of that i was like oh my god normally the the sci-fi torture where they put some lights on you and the actor spazzes out a bit uh generally feels not all that intense to me it's clear you know a sort of sanitized science fictiony torture but i was like oh my god that guy looks like he's in serious pain so uh i i was at least it felt real to me i've never seen anyone tortured and hopefully never will but uh, it felt real to me um so uh do we the 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 scientist guy we we this is kind of his last theme Aurelio, and t- this is kind of his last scene till he shows up on the bridge at the end, yeah, right? He, he takes a nap
0: okay. yeah. for half the episode. <laughs> okay. He, the um, he, seemed,
3: he seemed pretty cool with things by the end, and I think I would have liked some transitional scene of him, you know, I guess processing the sort of everything that you know from the last several decades has come crashing down and, you know... Maybe, you know, but I I guess time was of the essence near the very end of it. Uh, So he kind of had to put all that behind.
0: Let's move on and talk about uh, Tilly and the crew. They're down in engineering at this point. Osira is uh, draining the oxygen from the lower decks of of the ship. Um, They're only going to be conscious for 30 minutes and they're going to be dead in an hour um, so they're, they're trying to, to work out a plan of, of what they're going to do. They have like one little oxygen breather. For some reason, they don't go get an environmental suits, or, but, uh, Owo, Owo says that she can hold her breath for, uh, up to 10 minutes or, or when she was eight, she could do She probably do it longer now that she has bigger lung capacity. So she's going to be useful and they get like this, uh, this message on, on the, the comm system. They, they get a message from Michael Burnham who, uh, sends a, a coded message to Tilly, until he's able to determine that, oh, Michael wants us to go plant a bomb on one of the warp nacelles, uh, make it uh, detach with like these detachable nacelles, make it detach from the ship. It'll knock us out of warp, and then the rest of the ships can catch up to Discovery. So they they come up with that plan, and and for some reason they think it's a suicide plan. Um, but they're I'm not I'm not sure they think it's a suicide plan, but they're going to go through with this and work together and uh, pull off this plan, but they they can't make it they they pass out from lack of oxygen in the corridor the only one who can continue forward is I- Awasken so she takes the uh the thermal bomb that they've made and makes her way to the uh t- towards the nacelle what do you all think about like this stuff with with Tilly and the crew
1: um i think blue took the words right out of my mouth uh the last comment <laughs> there which is uh loved the performances in the scene but the premise behind it is very weak almost stupid i'd say uh, uh,
2: uh, I liked it um, I did wonder why they didn't I, I'm like okay apparently they don't keep any spacesuits around in the areas they that do everywhere no in the house
1: the, yeah, you see you, the you EV see suits, one. you could break the glass. It's got a break glass feature, like an emergency, yeah. you know, well, like... And you know, when Michael
0: is running through the corridor when she knocks out that guy yeah. at their little memorial yeah. wall and gets stabbed in the yeah. leg. You see, like, yeah. there, there's, like, spacesuits, like, in the corridor that you can access. Yeah, You know how uh, we were talking in the yeah. previous episode about how
3: cell phones are difficult to deal with in horror movies? Yes. But, you know, at least there, even now, you could something do something where it's like... Oh, we're not getting a signal. We're too remote, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, well, they need to
0: Osiris locked really them all down. Osiris locked down yeah. all the EV suits. They won't work. Yeah, yeah. They they
2: need just something mm. like that. Or how I would they make the mask had, work. A, had a had a line about her. Apparently, she switched off the transporter scrambler and beamed all the suits out, and then switched it back on again, we or didn't just realize. So why wouldn't you just find... beam them out? But <laughs> where did Get a lock on them. She doesn't know where they yeah. are but also
1: why does she want them to suffer if she can't enjoy it? Like I could understand the 30 minute, you know, ticking time bomb of air, but you could easily vent all the oxygen very quickly out of the. Yeah. That's that that, that one seemed
3: a little weird to me, although I I do get, I'm familiar as we all are with the basic idea of, you know, ticking clocks and sort of artificial parameters to create drama and action sequences. So I can kind of forgive it. Um, I thought some of these scenes were a little exposition-y, I... where they're like, um, whether it was later on where Colbert is like, so the burn must have been caused by this. And they're like, so Michael must mean this. They just, they, uh, you know, the exposition just felt a little exposition-y, I guess. I and guess why I... weren't there
1: more than one mask? Like, that's the only thing. They didn't say, like, where did they get the mask even? I don't even remember. Do you what, know how like last it...
0: week I said that that episode did such a good job of, like, dotting the I's and crossing the T's and yeah. getting all the little details right? This episode yeah. didn't get any of that stuff right.
2: right. I, I guess I wouldn't be that hard on it, it, it but it didn't do as good <laughs> a good job as last That's week. That's why Brian wanted lady. it to have an extra half hour. <laughs> yeah, well, yes. <laughs> uh, but I did think, I assumed she wanted the crew alive because she now needs somebody to help her t- figure out the mysteries of Spore Drive because she's lost her stamets. And so she doesn't want these people dead. Uh, so so she's when, trying when she to says get, they'll all be dead in an hour, she's just Line. I, well, who did she say that to? I guess that I would forgotten Burnham. about that line. She, she um, says so that to Burnham. Burnham's
1: like, I don't know, um, Well, Netflix. yeah, of
2: course she's going to lie to Harris. She wants her. She wants her freaked out and 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 talking. So, um, but uh, if yeah, if she said it to like in private with one to one of the other bad guys. Then obviously my theory is wrong. But um,
0: so her plan was her plan was to drain the oxygen and knock all of them out, but then like go and find them before they die.
2: Well, I assumed they were, they were, they would get on the intercom and say, okay, we give up. Please don't let us die or something. Uh, But maybe they pass out and then go find them. Uh, uh, either way. Um, I did wonder the bots are not in engineering and I was, they, they, they just vanished. They're not with the group. Maybe there's one in the background I didn't see, but I thought it was weird that they suddenly weren't there and then they were there, there right. subsequently. Um, uh, and they were there before, but, and after just not in this scene. And I didn't expect them to have a big role, but they're going to have one zip by in the well, background or something. This
3: episode works a bit like, you know, it's, it's what I always think of as the, um, I guess I'd say the Return of the Jedi story structure where there's two or three sort of dramatic sequences going on separately uh, that all tie together. And and I imagine the writer's room with uh, lots of, you know, like, oh, how do we line this up? Oh, does that happen before this? And, you know, and I can imagine all these yeah. little things and basically <laughs> – I think just a lot of stuff falls through in the
0: cracks. And it it, it, it probably – they probably don't figure it out until, like, they do, like, the final edit of the episode. And it's like the the editor and the director and and the producer are the ones, like, figuring it out.
3: Yeah, and at some point the editor is probably like, well, I can't make someone say the exposition that makes this make sense. But editing-wise it works, so I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs)
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I I liked her little coded message. I thought that was a really nice way to get it, and it reinforced the whole connection thing. They I succeed. Like they succeed because they know each other well, because they're connected, and they have these bonds that are much more complex than just um you know subordinate and officer uh, and superior uh and so i like the fact that their their con- connectivity is what allowed them to to succeed you know i think uh, i almost
3: uh, would have been interested to see uh, if they had gone with a more complex oscyra the full season the notion that she had genuine bonds and connections too with her crew even though some of them would be you know very much just a uh ranking rank stuff mm-hmm. Uh, but but you know that they they both had versions of of families that that were effective in different ways. Um, I or I... if
0: her defeat was brought upon Orilio, like if if. She breaks that bond with him and that had been her downfall. Much like breaking mm-hmm. the bond of the nacelle and the ship is what knocks the ship out of work. Well, out of work. Well, was, but that's you know, not that's not yeah, what that... defeats her. Like Aurelio or really, or doesn't like do much except give like a line of exposition at the end to explain Yeah, I I, the I rest agree. I almost
2: feel works. like they're I agree I almost feel like there must have been another Aurelio scene that was cut because the episode was running so long that that would have had him doing something to help out our heroes or yeah. at least or Well least, he did at the very
4: end
0: he was vital with with book. No he he was vital with the exposition.
2: Yes.
3: Did he uh, not uh did he not actually uh facilitate it? He no he
0: just explained that it would work.
4: Uh,
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah, I um, He's like, I, I know, also... like, it's like, okay,
0: the audience is smart enough to like, no, like, this isn't very believable. So we're gonna have this guy say that it'll work uh, to make
4: it a little, you know, bit more honestly, believable.
2: if he had just pitched it as, I did not tell. Uh, Osira, this, but I will tell you, I think Book could run the Spore drive. I think that would have solved everything if they just con- recontextualized that line with a slightly That's different cool. I did not tell her, I'm telling you. So now we realize, oh, it was connectivity. She severed, her, <laughs> severed her connection with, uh, Aurelio, and because of that, yeah. she lost. Um, once
1: again, Disco, hire Brian for your writers to play Can, can um, I say something
4: about
0: the, the message, though, that Burnham gives? I actually I like, say have what it I was right here. Say. But, you know, she says, that, it wasn't a particularly happy birthday, but I found you. We played seven-card stud and drank hall. Too bad we didn't have fireworks. Nothing stops a party like a fireworks. And that allows Tilly to figure out, like, oh, she wants me to go sell a, <laughs> a, a thermal nuclear bomb in the nacelle. Yeah, I got yeah. Her fireworks in the nacelle, where my birthday party was. But it pissed me off because they're doubling down on Synthahol in the 23rd century that I hate, because Scotty didn't know about Synthahol until he got on Next Generation.
4: And he would have known I, everything about a, drinking in the a, 23rd century. There's
1: a plausible caveat to that. Uh, Scotty could have just been oblivious to Synthahol because it's so abhorrent to him. No, because he, Data tells him. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Data right. actually says, like, that's I right, can explain. Right. Captain
0: Scott that's doesn't right. know about Synthahol because he's been stuck in a <laughs> transporter for 80 years.
2: Tis true. Like they they, they really
0: like like made it hard. Like no prize that one.
2: They they made sure that to make it uh, that that this couldn't have happened after they went to the thirty second century, that that birthday, uh, did they? They explicitly (laughs) made it clear that it had happened in the twenty third century and not in the thirty second.
0: Unless unless Burnham has been back on the Discovery for a year, because Tilly says last year, I, I believe. Yeah
2: yeah that does make it pretty sound yeah uh okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> I, I was trying to no prize it, but I failed <laughs> and, uh they they did have
0: like the synthhol like on the ship before their refit earlier in the season. This is yeah, another one hard to explain. What do y'all think about like OwO being uh, When like they the went back in line. time
2: and met Zephyrin Cochran in first contact, they gave him synthahol to try to get him over the alcoholism and that changed <laughs> history slightly all the way forward. There you go. There <laughs> you go. You
3: know, uh, fathery um uh I, I liked I liked OwO's thing. I think I was not feeling the action sequence overall just cuz it uh, uh, but but I I think the idea that she simply had this skill set that they just maybe hadn't learned about uh was 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 a reasonable and cool yeah. thing you know it's kind of like sulu gets to be the cool sword fighter every once in a while we just find out some kind of cool skill set among the uh npcs of the of the show um i, I, so was, worried I was, she happy was gonna with die it. i thought she was gonna was get
2: I...
0: ariumed. no uh
3: i i think i was pretty sure that they were gonna make there's it there's like some and, lag um, there
2: I, I i thought she was gonna die what about oh. y'all? Did y'all think so I thought it was possible. I wasn't. I was hundred percent. She's going to die, but I was also like, you know, they could kill her, and this might be the last scene with her. Um, and so, I, I guess they generated a reasonable amount of uncertainty about who they're willing to kill in their show. So good for them.
1: Um, I had no yeah. doubt anyone would. Oh. Like I didn't think anyone would die. No. Okay, <laughs> you know, I, I, think, I, think, I was, think
0: it might have actually made things better if it had that dramatic weight. Because, but the, the I, only consequence is, is that a robot dies and then comes back to life. So, <laughs> yeah, no I think I talked about this with you, of
3: you off off Mike Fathery saying that uh, I felt like there needed to be some more dramatic weight if they're if they're going to do you know uh, these finales that build and build and build the whole season uh, to a dramatic sequence then yeah a little bit of uh even though you know me I don't like the, I don't like when they kill off major characters and stuff like that but I do think that you need some s- some sort of bigger consequences
2: uh, Well they they blasted they blasted Rin last week so I mean it's not like nobody died Yeah it's true Yeah I would have I would have li- Yeah liked but that had nothing
0: if... to do with that had nothing to do with like the hero's struggle here that had nothing to do with like them trying to take back the ship that was just yeah. Osira being mean like look how mean I am that said, I'm glad like, that the they did gave know, well, from I, liked, there was, there was I like I no... like her
3: as a supporting character, so I I didn't particularly want her or, or any of them to get killed. But um, but uh, yeah, yeah, if again or, or the structure that Bryce, they gave there's... usually require you know it usually feels more real if there's some dramatic sacrifice, even if sometimes it's a ship or something
2: that's not a person. And you were saying, "Oh, the robot died." I, was like, oh, I love the Sphere data. That's one of my favorite characters. So I was well,
1: concerned. So, <laughs> so that's one of my things. Is like I really think that uh, the Sphere data was underutilized. The whole season kind of set up. Th- there's another thing, like another dropped thing that, like. You know kind of annoyed me which is like they set up that whole thing of like how they introduced that there's a different voice in the computer and it's Zora and it's sphere data and the the reference to the movies and like you know and all that stuff and like in the in the last episode where they were like oh there's this movie file that we can't erase and I'm surprised that it didn't come into play here in in you know. More like helping them out, like restoring oxygen to certain areas, or like opening doors to to things like that. And then I'm also surprised that it didn't come into play at all in the awesome ending with the computer core. It could have been a really cool thing where it it yeah, like it didn't tried. do
0: anything except. You know what would have been
3: them? dope: a game of cat and mouse where Osiro was basically trying to use all the internal ship stuff to kill them, and as 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 you know, the the sphere was. You know, overwriting this and that, not able to completely take control, but to do small things that kept them alive—a right. kind of a survivalist yeah. cat and mouse.
1: And I, and it would I, have been cool if the other AI was competing with it. I wouldn't have minded like a little, you know, battle between the two AIs as well. Like, like because Ultron, by the thirty-second, yeah, by the thirty-second century, and you would think, and yeah, exactly. We would think,
2: yeah, I agree. Like that, exactly. When the two I guess I guess
0: the I, two softwares are fighting. Right. I mean,
2: I might have thrown in a bit where the, the they somebody where the bot comes up and says, "I've stopped them from venting any more oxygen. I cannot restore the flow, but what you've got, uh, 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 this is all you've got. But they can't take any more away, or you know, more elegantly than that horrible yeah. sentence. But have have that have that the droid the the bot come up and say that at one point, just to say, oh, okay, you know, this, this has given our heroes a ch- a fighting chance. You know, I don't think it was even able no to open to the slim hope. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't think it was, it was I, even able to open the turbo lift door. It would have been neat if it could have given them one EV suit or maybe if it had like just done anything. You know, it, it, it yeah. <laughs> it, like, yeah, like we're naming all
0: this stuff it could have done. It didn't do. It didn't do jack shit except save right. Obo, which right. is cool, I guess. But which is it, cool. It, it, that that still didn't like have much emotional resonance for me. I, I think this is where I started having problems with with the episode. I was on board up to this point, and then it's like when Obo turns all of them. I was like, I love you all. I'm like Is that like a thing that like this crew says to each other? Like I started feeling like that forced emotion and discovery where like they try too hard to make everything like overly emotional and and things start to go downhill at like this point. I, for me. I,
2: I had I had no trouble with the, 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 that, that exchange, given everything this crew has been through, especially these people uh, that, that 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 was like, yeah, no, that's what you say. Um yeah, but... that was cool. Yeah, I agree with that. Also, one just one more harp
1: on the sphere data. It would have been really nice to see uh the sphere data doing cool stuff like that, especially since we've been traumatized by all these evil AIs for the last few weeks. <laughs> I guess yeah, we need some decent <laughs> yeah. <laughs> robots. I,
2: right. I think if they were going to just limit the sphere data the way they did, then they should not have had the bots show up at the end of last week's episode. The right. sphere data should not have made a play until we think was dead, and then suddenly the Sphere Data comes out of the corner, and hey, we're like, "Oh yeah, right. the yeah. Sphere Data! The Sphere Data is still protecting the crew." I'd forgotten all about the Sphere Data, uh, and and yet when you think about it, it all makes sense. But it but you don't think about it because it wasn't so heavily indicated. These guys are going to be a great help last, like they right. did last week. Uh, so if that's all they were going to do with them, that would have made a lot okay. more sense. Was just to have them show up in that one seat at the very end.
1: But I I gotta say. I'm a sucker for performance. And despite all those critiques, like ultimately the performances here, like, you know, just like won me over. Like, I really do think that the, the actors really they're they're able to shine the, shine the poop for me. <laughs> like, like, you, know, you know how to
0: make this work? You know how to make this work? I really want to move on. But just... Yeah. Like, the, the way that you do this, the way that you make this work... Yeah, these characters have been through a lot. Okay, you need to have, like, developed characters and establish the relationships, the dynamics between these people. And then, like I said, I heard something cliche and unclever... And Dull, like, I love you all so much, you make her say something that, like, calls back to, like, some character moment that, like, has, like, the same meaning as what I love you all is, like, intended. I love you, uh, I love and you
3: 3,000 in, um, in <laughs> Endgame,
2: uh, as an example.
0: Yeah, something like that. and, 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 they're, they're not, she they're was not under a lot that.
2: of stress. She couldn't think of a witty line. I, don't be so hard on her. I'm not saying
0: her. it doesn't make sense logically, but I'm just saying as far as like how it plays out in the episode. But yeah, like I'm, I'm about to go on this. Um, okay, this this next part's gonna be a doozy because I just want to dump all of this out here like real quick. And I, we I can think talk I know where it.
2: you're going, and I'm re- gonna be with you the whole way.
0: Yeah, we're gonna uh. get into some turbo lift. Yeah,
4: we're
0: gonna get some turbo lift shenanigans. Uh, keep in mind that the oxygen has been vented in the uh, secondary hull of the ship. So all of this takes place that we're about to see, all this stuff that I'm about to go through, other than a little bit of, of Owo in the warp nacelle. Everything else takes place in the saucer section of the ship. Just keep yeah. that in mind, people that are watching these, these visual images. Uh, but here we go. Uh, Burnham and, and Book, they, they have a, a standoff against some emerald chain goons as they're they're getting into the turbo lift. Uh, they're actually trying to get to the, the computer core of the ship. And they they go into Turbolift City. It's like this huge Tron Legacy, uh, vast CGI scape. Uh, and they're riding around on turbos. They're like uh, shooting people, kicking people off of them. Bernal makes it to the the data core, this the or the, the computer core, and uh, confronts Osira in there. And they have uh, some some hand to hand combat. Book is fighting Zera in the Turbo Lift. At the uh, same time, Obo makes it to the warp nacelle that she's going to uh, disrupt with, with with the bomb, but she's you know running out of, of oxygen and uh, and collapses right as she plants the bomb. Uh, but a dot twenty three shows up to uh, save her, even though the the magnetism in that section of the ship is deadly to the dot. The bomb goes off, it knocks the nacelle off of the ship, the ship falls out of warp and is basically stranded in space so the rest of the ship can catch up to it. It shakes everyone around, Osiris' ship engulfs the Discovery. Back in, on, on the turbo turbolift, uh, Book kills Zara because he makes fun of how fat his cat is, uh, and uh, at the same time... Uh, Osira pushes Burnham into, uh, I guess, programmable data. I'm not really sure what's going on. And uh, Burnham, instead of being killed by it, just shoots her way out. Uh, not only does that, but like without seeing Osira, shoots her square between the eyes to kill her. Osira is dead. There's a bloody hole in her forehead. And Michael Burnham steps out of the programmable data and says uh, Speaking of unclever uh, cliche dialogue, uh, I, I believe the actual line is. Let me check my notes. Unlike you, I never quit. This is the moment where <laughs> I just felt completely apathetic and like, do I even want to watch the rest of this episode? I'm just not interested in this.
1: Can I just say something? So when she you shoves want. her, when she shoves her into the programmable matter wall, um, that would have been another great opportunity for Michael to be in there. We do a scene of her drowning in the in the in the bits, and you hear Zora say, "Don't worry, Michael. Hold your breath." I'll aim for you. Something like that. You know what I mean? Like just shoot or something, right? Like a voice. Use the force. Use the force. And then
3: I, I think that's a good point. Yeah. No, that so would have like,
1: been a good Zora moment. Agreed. Thank you. Thank you. I can join the role play now. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um...
2: I, I was okay with the, I don't give up because that has been her defining character trait, especially this season. It, 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 that is. And Osira
0: the- does. She's like, unlike uh, you, I never quit. Like, Osira but she quits. did quit.
2: She tried to negotiate with Vance and then just quit and gave up when things got a little complicated. She, uh, and, she quit and... trying
0: to kill Burnham. She like pushed him into the data
2: or the matter
0: or whatever it is and then like walked away. I'm not even sure what happened here, so I don't know like the context. <laughs> like, is this supposed to be fatal if you go into this? Like, like, like I, I don't know if it I makes mean, sense think... or not because I don't know what
3: any of this is. <laughs> uh, you know, even without knowing what it is, I I, I can say that at least. It was clearly meant to be you know like yeah, you would drown it's the equivalent of some sort of drowning thing. Uh, mm-hmm. they just wanted to make it fancy and star trekky um but i would like I'm broadly with you, Fathery, in the sense that i I had unplugged here, and I think that probably makes all the difference is that like Brian was kind of emotionally on board the episode, so mm-hmm. a little bit of uh, you know some cliche fight scenes were not a big thing for him but but for you and I, since we were kind of unplugged from it, I was just kind of groaning throughout all of this, including the vast cityscapes of course of the um yeah. of the turbo lift uh, I, I was purpose. groaning
2: during the turbo lift too I I I think honestly that turbo lift sequence might be the most annoyingly stupid <laughs> thing in all of Discovery thus far for me uh I, I did come up I did come up with a no prize. I don't really like it, but i it's, it's the only no... I, I don't think anyone's going to come up with a better one than the one I yeah. came up with. Ooh, I know exactly what you're thinking of, too. Okay. The Can ship... I- is literally bigger on the inside than on the outside because we know Starfleet has that technology, technology in, in the, the thirty-second 30 century. Yeah. That does not well, explain I- why it was there in the twenty-third century. But uh, so you, but I was always just mentally hand-waving that that was a very artistic way of showing the turbo lift moving through the shafts with all the with all the rooms around it removed. Whereas this is clearly confirms that's not how it works at all. That's not an artistic. <laughs> Symbolic image of with the rooms removed so the camera can see the turbo lift. That is literally what it is. Is a big vast. Oh, yeah, I don't like. That. <laughs> Bro, I, don't like it. I, I don't like it either. That's,
0: that's I, I just thing, can't that's think of it. the only a... thing that makes sense. Yeah,
3: yeah. they had yeah. an uh, opportunity. To me, uh, I, the, the, the only thing that makes sense is there was just a visual or affectation by. <laughs> <But> you see, <laughs> and, a,
0: you see a man fall like seventy. 70-
4: Stories
3: down. I can write off some stuff, just saying the writers and the or you know or the the effects guys were <laughs> having some fun and they just did something stupid. But and like I don't really believe that any of that was that, meant. That's to it.
0: That, that that's something that like I didn't when I saw them like they're stepping out of the turbo lift and I'm like oh don't like use this as part of the story like make it as like a dumb special effect that I can write off. But then they used it as part of the story. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and now I can't dismiss it. Yeah. Can I just it's say weird something to me that they're it. ever
3: like, you know, so cautious about like, you know, bits and pieces of Trek trivia here and there and callbacks to old episodes and canonical stuff. And then they just have this giant, vast football fields of interiors on a ship. that is and, not, and it's big not at all. just
1: me, my
2: wife. It's
3: not even a
1: football field. It's yeah. a space dock.
2: Yeah. yeah it's not just me, my wife, who's very much a casual fan who doesn't give a shit about any techno babble or any of that stuff was like, how the hell does this fit in the ship? <laughs> so- well, I was trying to figure out
3: if it was, um, I-, I was like, wait, did I miss a beat? And somehow they're on the Viridian at this point or something like that. Uh, because uh, that, that's that the only been, size. Yeah, that would have the- But, but Viridian- actually I think, my bigger beef was just dramatically that th- this was when I felt like it was – it had turned into an action movie like uh, Trek 09 and the the various Kelvin Trek. It's trying too
0: hard. Um, it's and, trying and too I hard to be big.
3: I felt like they were better about it because they just had like sort of punchier dialogue and what I felt <laughs> like sort of more dramatic scenes in those movies. Um, and that it was not a good fit. Yeah. For, for, for disco.
2: Yeah. Somebody was sitting there thinking, remember that cra- that dangerous turbo lifts, uh, turbo shaft scene in star Trek five. Let's see if we can make it even dumber.
0: Last week they, they, they copied the, uh, the emergency crash into the shuttle bay. Yeah. (laughs) They're borrowing all their action sequences from
2: Star Trek 5. Now we need to go back and see if every other episode had a Star Trek 5 thing. (laughs) Um,
1: Is
0: there anything Um, positive to say about any of this stuff? Well, I do want to say...
1: Uh, I do want to say real quick. Uh, first of all, Blue, Blue Sparks says, Starfleet Boy, you gave this episode a 10, but you got a lot of critiques. Hmm. Uh, Good call out. Uh, because he doesn't will... actually
0: think it's a 10. He just wants it to be a 10. No, and he, he's no, he's lying true. to himself I... as well as all of us. <laughs>
1: I weigh the, I weigh some other things more than I weigh stuff like this. Like, to me, these things don't really, like, ruin it for me, you know what I mean? Like, so, and, and I, and I admitted earlier that I'm more a performance guy. Performances really touch me, and so if it, like, if the actors really nail something or, or are able to do that, like, it just weighs heavier. So I, I weigh harder. On that, then I all of this stuff I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. It doesn't make sense. It's stupid, but I can forgive it much easier. <laughs> um, But what I will say is that in Discovery season one, there's there was this whole setup about the discovery being an experimental ship, a science ship, or whatever. Blah blah blah. With the spore drive, they could have explained these things. They could have said in season 1 or season 2 that we have this uh you know interdimensional space aboard the discovery <laughs> and that, we use like, it for turbo lifts <laughs> well we among other things we use it for storage turbo lifts and like something else like maybe you needed a reaction to take place in a cavernous Uh, You know, other dimension or the power source of the discovery. Like there were all there's all sorts of cool things that that could have explained this, and then people would have not had a problem. But they didn't do that, so (laughs) yeah, it didn't make sense in the other things, and now it's just laughable when it's when it's when it's when it when it happens here. So
0: there was two things that I liked. I I was being I was being a little snarky because I was mad at everything else, but I actually I I don't mind like uh, Zara like like mocking uh, books cat. Saying like yeah. a, it, it's so like mean and nasty. How like who's gonna make a bigger stain down there? You or <laughs> that fat cat? Like I'm gonna kill you, and I'm gonna go find your cat and kill your cat. And that's what like s- snaps book back into action. It's I guess I guess Zara is a really you, good. You writer like that better
2: than the, There's no. It's a no win scenario as far yeah, as like, a, like as, as a yeah, as hand as far as handing a gun to the good guy it,
0: goes. I, I guess it does feel like a little forced that this guy is able to with one frostbitten hand is able to beat up a man uh, half his age and twice his size but i guess yeah I, but I guess he got really Zara's... cooked
2: on that medical bay in that torture yeah. scene
0: yeah and i guess like does is just like a dirty enough fighter that he that he he can yeah. do that but by books like us two hit, him, hit points downfall. Left. <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> um
4: the, a coin!
2: Uh... yes i will say if i can Mentally divorce all the turbo lift stupid physics. The fight scene in the turbo lift, if you just kind of, you know, accept all the other is actually really cool to watch. I like the the cat thing, um, and all of that. I, I, if, if this had been in a, a more plausible turbo lift shaft with a spinning wall outside and he just throws him out there and the guy gets pasted along, hits the wall at a hundred miles an hour or something and pastes, you know, you, I, I think I would have loved everything else about the turbo lift as long as they were taking place. In a somewhat plausible environment, Um, I think their action
3: choreographers did—they did did not fail. I think it was the action choreographers were doing a good job with the moment-to-moment stuff as best they could. They were just—they were called on to do some sort of outrageous stuff. The choreography
0: with Osira—that fight was really good, and and, and I liked that. And then the, the last thing that I liked here was. The uh I thought the interior of the nacelle actually looked cool when, when Owo yeah. made it to, to plant the bomb. I thought all of those sets and the uh, like the, the CGI effects that they added, all of that stuff was neat.
4: I yeah, so.
2: I, I, I love the nacelle trick. I loved the the the, the yeah, idea the, that, that they're gonna go sabotage the ship, which is uh, and I love the the visual the of how it worked yeah, with that the nacelle cool, twisting yeah. around and everything it was fascinating to watch. Um, I, I loved all of that. That was, that was them using the shape and structure of the ship in the right way, rather than just ignoring it all together, which was, which was a really odd juxtaposition to put those two together back to back, uh, is, is the shape of the ship is vitally important to the plot. Please do not think about the shape of the ship at all. Um, uh, so yeah, I love the Nacelle trick a lot. I like the fight with Osira and Michael. I, I don't, perhaps the, I, I liked the death and resurrection moment for, symbolically, that's what it is with Michael Burnham when she gets thrown into the, 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 Computer, programmable computer matter or whatever, and then then emerges back from it uh, as on a, as a dramatic beat for beat classic, uh, um, uh, Campbellian storytelling beat. I was I enjoyed it. I didn't feel stale to me because I've never seen anything like that in a Star Trek episode or really right. anything else. So it, it was. Um- I'd Brian, like that
3: scene to... gave me low-level fears that it's good, they're going to follow up with that in season four and have her have some kind of weird power
2: from it. I
3: doubt it, but but I'm, uh, I'm a lifelong comic book reader, and uh, that's, <laughs> in comic books, that, that
0: happens.
1: I loved the relief she also shows when the computer reboots at the end. That was pretty yeah. cool. Like we're about to talk, like really, uh, yeah. talk about that. Talk about like her
0: taking back control of the ship. Uh, yeah. I, I just want to touch on one last thing. <laughs> that the, the, the season book ends with uh, Michael's CGI vomit. She had some digital <laughs> throw up in the first episode, and
4: then again, here. <laughs> all of her- uh, this
0: before, and all of this will happen again. <laughs> again, again. <laughs> <laughs> let's, um, let's move on to uh, Burnham after she throws up some CGI Lego bricks, or whatever the hell that was. Uh, she reboots the computer, restores life support, owo wakes up the little dot died getting her back to where everyone else was and everyone is able to meet back up on the bridge they have restored control of the ship tilly says michael you need to lead us now she steps down and gives command to burnham orders her to take command and uh for some reason they decide that they have to blow up osiris ship from the inside and jump out of it and uh Aurelio says, so like, oh, yeah, empaths can use the uh, spore drive uh, also, so cool, I guess. Um, we do know that Book knows, like, the coordinates of where the Dilithium planet is, so at least they can, like, rescue Stamus' family. They eject the core into Osiris' ship, and it uh, blows it up as they jump out. And all the uh, fleet watches Osiris' ship blow up, and that's that so what do y'all think of Father, uh, the stuff? did it
1: look like some of the ships were being blowed up by the explosion
0: uh no that's just like the oh. the debris from her ship oh, de-
1: okay gotcha i i uh i really like like i said earlier i really like that scene with burnham being relieved and like reset you know just the intensity of it it felt really real the way she uh uh Sonequa performed it um <laughs> the, I kind of I like I I hate nitpicking uh, <laughs> so much, but um, like the warp bounce around the edges like that, like it. I always imagine it's a very smooth operation, like, like because couldn't the warp core blow up by bouncing around the edges? You know, I always imagine well, it's like very really, second like... century
2: warp core. <laughs> okay, I programmable warp I had the same question, but I said this ship's been shot to pieces by this point. Uh, yeah, I'm up, so. It's actually so. surprised that it's working as well as it is. But
1: I, uh, <laughs> I also thought it was interesting how it went into a critical phase. They had a lot of time to, to, to jump out. Like it was doing this like weird critical thing. And I assume and they it,
2: rigged it that way that they, they yeah. wanted some time to work with. Uh, yeah, to make sure book
0: knew what he was doing, but they, yeah. they really stress like, okay, this is going to blow us up too, except maybe it won't. So that was, was like, that was
3: the scene that the, the line that I, I, I probably audibly <laughs> when yeah. I was like, Oh, this is going to be their big finale escape plot point was, It'll blow us up, but what if it doesn't?
4: Yeah, well, it's like it's like this
0: is going to be like a high risk thing, but like why? Like why? Like they 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 established like Osira is dead, the Emerald Chain isn't a threat anymore, but well, so they blow have up it their as- ship <laughs> <laughs> anyways,
2: even though it, it might blow us up too. Just fuck it, let's let's uh, go out with a <laughs> well, This was a question I actually had. They they deliberately choose to um, make their escape slightly more, somewhat more risky. But defeat, uh, destroy, uh, destroy all the bad guys on Osiris big ship, which is probably several thousand people just looking at the number of windows. Um. So they decide to blow these, take a slightly riskier path and blow, uh, blow all those people up rather than just escape. And I was curious, given the ethos of Star Trek versus the viciousness of the Emerald Chain, which way everybody fell. Clearly, Fathery thought they, they should have just escaped and, and, and left them to the bad guys yeah. to live. Well,
0: they, they established the Emerald Chain's not a threat anymore with Osira dead. And we know that they don't know how to get to the dilithium planet without book. Yeah. So the ship is not a threat. They're not going to go steal your dilithium, but let's yeah. blow them up anyways, even though it might kill us. But, hey, it'll look cool. We can do like this really cool uh, CGI explosion
4: guess, like, like when, the last when did they Jedi.
2: When they say that, the, that suddenly all of the Emerald Chain people were going to be nice, play nice as soon as Osiris was dead? I, they say I that. that they established that, Yeah okay. I missed that line. Uh, so how did they say that? Did they just come out and say, well, now that Osiris is dead, none of those bad guys on that ship. They were actively shooting at our heroes though. I mean, that they, that didn't seem like the Emerald Chain was completely powerless. They were actively trying to well, blow like, up our ship. Up
3: I know that in the, it, essentially in the denouement, they say the Emerald Chain fell apart.
2: Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: they this do say that.
0: Happen. Huh? That's what I'm talking.
3: That's about.
4: That's what he's talking well, about. They don't, I know,
2: don't know that. If, I think Ryan is talking about something before. The- yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they. This is at the in the heat of battles, being shot at by these bad guys all around us. They decide we're just going to kill all these guys. Um, And I was curious. Obviously, you could make. I can see the argument from both sides. Certainly, the Star Trek tradition is that if you can spare the bad guys you usually do uh but i can also you know yeah from a more from a more you know, I guess c- cynical view: these guys are bad guys. They might blow up some of those ships that are are out there that are filled with Starfleet officers. We can save all. Uh, we can th- make sure that they don't blow up any of the Navarre or Starfleet ships that are surrounding I this. Festival.
0: I don't. I never get the impression that like that they're that big of a threat to like they're running away from like
2: those ships.
0: Like I, 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 I feel like they could have just like let these people escape or whatever.
2: But okay, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I. I don't uh, the, disagree with it you entirely. It was entirely. All just a big
0: contrivance to do like this okay. this big spectacle CGI explosion so, and it does look I, I, good. It's a good-looking effect, but I, I just feel nothing when I watch it. It's just,
2: I I want to know There's Dave a... and Starfleet boy what are your opinions on should they have blown up those bad guys or not? As far from a from a in universe point of view is that the right call to make? I
1: I think that um <clears throat> I think it, I think there should have been like an effort To try to a a bigger effort to try to avoid it, or like a show of effort to try to avoid it, but ultimately, I don't think there was any way out of that scenario uh, for them because they had to. Well, I guess they could have like, I you're right, they could have just like jumped out. Yeah, they could have just left. But they were, but yeah, you're right. No, no, I think you're. I, I I now that I think of it a little bit more, I think you're right. Like it would have been better if maybe they got captured or something like that. All
3: right. I feel I like I argued for uh about like uh, 15 minutes actually when we talked Trek 09 that uh that the sh- that they kind of blithely uh vengefully uh off to uh, Nero's ship. Nero, is that right? Yeah. yeah. And even yeah. then right. they
0: they offered him, they did like try. Do you want to yeah. surrender. Right. Yeah, they
3: did they try. try.
0: I will say this, uh, although does. I don't think
3: this this season showed it very well, the Emerald Chain has, you know, in the in it's describing it, slave been trading they trading True atrocities, yeah. and 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 so I, I don't have much sympathy for people. But they had made a point one episode back to show that not everybody kind of clearly knows what's going on. Aurelio, they've some, yeah, they've got yeah. flunkies like Aurelio who are just don't you know they've been clearly been wearing blinders. Yeah. Um, so I actually don't have really strong feelings on it. I was I was I was sort of mostly a little detached from the action at that point. Um, but uh, you know, I am usually, I am almost always going to land on the side of I want uh, Starfleet to be more uh, sparing of their foes uh, when they can. That said, you know, blowing up Khan is pretty cool. Although yeah. Khan actually die of um,
2: uh, the, their shots. Yeah. In general, I, if it was any other show besides Star Trek, I'd be fine with it. I do have to admit that seeing our heroes all agree that I'll just blow them up. Yeah, I don't know if I quite Every, like it. And I Every would have been movie fine villain, with it if they
0: needed to do it for like any reason, but it's like yeah. it, it doesn't yeah. assist in their escape at all. It
2: actually makes it more risky because yes. they now they have a ticking clock. They jump, jump now, you know. Right. They, they, it's, they, like, they, right. it's
0: like the st- stupidity of it is like a bigger problem for me than like the the morality of it.
1: It is kind of I, you know what? Uh, I did take note that early, in an earlier scene, Burnham seemed to stun people like people were complaining that in the first episode she's just vaporizing people left and right and i had defended it by saying well she's she's they're gonna kill her like she's you know it's like it's a life or death situation she doesn't know these weapons or whatever they're new weapons and and maybe they're just set to kill anyways because they're emerald chain weapons right like maybe they don't have a stun setting so she does stun a couple of the what are they called the rinslers the Uh, um, regulators. regulators Regulators, thank you. Rinslers from Tron I keep doing the Tron stuff. But oh, she a lot does, of stuff from she, Tron in this episode. She does uh, she does stun a couple of the regulators. So it was surprising that she just flat out kills Osira. <laughs> well and she she's flat like, out
0: disintegrates regulators in that episode too.
2: yeah i I guess guess realistically in that situation i totally get killing the bad guys because you are one person with one gun or maybe two people with two guns and there's a whole army of bad guys on this ship you stunning them just they're going to wake up in half in 20 minutes and be back on your tail you do not you cannot afford to stun in this situation not if you are (laughs) serious about retaking the ship
1: maybe you could have a scene like maybe the the regulators with those suits are stun resistant so maybe you know justification I'm just saying there could have been like, An attempt, like, or whatever. But, 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 yeah, ultimately, like, it is kind of weird that, like, now that I think about it more, I I didn't think about it till this discussion, but, like, yeah, she just, like, offs, like, thousands of people, like, with no other thought, and, and, and could have potentially killed themselves, too. (laughs) Like, so it was a little bit of a a strange decision. Like, that
0: first episode doesn't bother me that much now that, like, we see, like, how bad the regulators are. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, these guys are assholes. Like, yeah, like, in Star Trek, like, you kill bad guys sometimes. Like, you you get in, you get in fights, and you have to shoot it other like that that's a, a normal thing i'm okay with that but it was it was more just like the unnes- unnecessary like destruction of the ship combined with like the stupidity of like putting yourself at danger to do this unnecessary thing was it was what just overwhelmed me i i, I was like i what, what i need like a meme of like i can't even like i, I can't yeah. even with this what,
2: what they should have done is had osiris ship like, for some reason, just smashing up Starfleet uh, outside. And, like, even if Discovery jumps away, there's going to be huge Starfleet casualties. For what Osira has prefix codes. I don't know. But for some reason, Osira's would have been, yeah, if the and, stakes and, were and,
1: higher and, and made more sense.
2: Yeah. So they're like, let's just jump out of here. And they're like, no, we can't just abandon this, uh, the fleet. We've got to stop this ship. And they're like, well, they have a shield around us. We've got not, our t- weapons aren't going to be able to penetrate. We need a bigger bang then, you know. But then, we won't, how do we jump out? We'll only have a few seconds to jump and Book's not sure if he knows how to do this. So, you know, there could have been, like Father, he says, a way to massage this into a we have to do this to save lives, you know, to save the, the people we love, kind of. Instead of killing the things we hate, we save the people we love. They're back to it's sort of a Last Jedi Yeah, thing you can there.
0: still copy the Last Jedi.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I did have one, well, one point, A, when the bot broke down it should have just fallen apart all those little magnetic hovery bits just should have go rolled across the floor and i don't know why they didn't think to do that it would have been much more oh my god it just falls as fart all over the floor um and b where did the computer beam all those regulators it, beam them off the ship I ship assume yeah.
1: to the other ship to the other ship yeah. okay I guess only yeah, to I be just, killed moments later I just <laughs> if I was the ship's computer if I was the
2: ship's
0: computer yeah yeah exactly yeah, good, good I right. distinguished Aurelio from the regulators or else he would
2: have blowed up too right yeah, he's yeah. an
1: invigulator whatever I forget what the yeah. word is
2: Ho- thankfully the computer knows the difference but I guess it's been programmed with all sorts of emerald chain stuff by this point well, we <laughs> should, like this uh, whole
0: dialogue on planet to talk about yeah, yeah, and
1: all the yeah
3: stuff i'll do the
0: gorman that. guest
1: mm. all, all, all the stuff with, <laughs> i love uh, gorman sp- guest by the way i love that book <laughs> the what the there's a book called gorman guest uh, dave just referenced it i think
4: okay it, I don't that's, know the, name, it, so that's the name of the creature dumb.
1: No, the Gorman. Those are the Gormaganders. Yes. Oh,
4: okay.
3: yeah, yeah. Gorman. No, I was trying. I was boring those two very things. <laughs> there's,
0: there's Gormaganders flying around on the DeLithium planet, which a couple of episodes ago I thought they were the Orchid from Picard, and they they do look more like that CGI model than what was in the uh, Discovery shuttle bay in uh, Magic yeah. to Make the Sanus Man Go Mad. But here they they call them Gormaganders. Um, and I don't know, maybe this is a different CGI model, but uh, I'm just going to assume it's all Gormaganders, I guess. Um, also,
1: it's a it, they say, they remark that the Gormaganders were distinguished for being the longest on the um, endangered species list. And this was like a, what did they say, a 29th century one or something like that. So the species itself could have evolved to look different. So I, I bought it. I, I did note the difference, though.
0: Or maybe that was an Orchid and this is a Gormagander.
2: Well, the, <laughs> didn't they say it was a young Gormagander? Yeah, so probably. maybe maybe they look different when they get older. <laughs>
0: yeah, but I don't know. I don't want to talk about Gormaganders. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to talk about the Stylithium stuff. Um, All right. Yeah, like uh, Saru and Sukal and Adira. Just let me like run through this real fast and then we can talk about sure. it. But. Uh, They're they're still on this dilithium planet uh, where uh, Sukal and and Saru are are talking to each other. uh, Saru suspects that he knows a little bit more about this program than he's letting on, but they they find Adira, she's there, uh, and she's like, hey, I brought some more medicine, so that buys them some more time interestingly gray is there in the form of a holographic vulcan and now people can see him kolber sees him and hugs him, and and it, uh, gray is ecstatic to be seen literally uh, saru and uh sukal though have some some more bonding they make like a traditional meal together they they talk about outside and sukal mentions how he doesn't uh, want to talk about that uh you know like he's he's kind of frightened by that and and Saru's trying to to convince him, like, no, like, like, you need to face this stuff. And he's he's doing like these little micro sc- burns, I guess, like these screams that are actually like the burn that destroys Dilithium. It, it, the the program that they're in begins to to break down. They find this uh shadow monster from, from a couple episodes ago that's still there that I guess is a representation of of his mom, and it's this whole program we learned, like it's about like he has to like face his fears to graduate from this program to like go to the, the outside world. Um, what, what do y'all think about uh, the this stuff on the Dilithium planet?
2: I, my first thought at the beginning was that they, they the, Colbert has a line about how the, that, that micro, the, the baby burn that, um, that we saw last episode a week ago has destabilized the ship and, and this is all going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. That should have been before the whole Saru decides he's going to stay behind scene. That's when that should, bit of exposition should have shown up because then it would explain why Saru has to stay behind. He he can't just – this kid's been living here for 120 years. Uh, you can come back in a month and he's probably going to be fine. Um, oh, no, we can't come back in a month. This whole place is falling apart. I've got to, you mm-hmm. know, we, we've got to find him and rescue him. Uh, okay. Now I see why you're staying behind. So I really wish that bit of dialogue had been pulled back and stuck right before the, uh, before they went their separate ways. Um, that was, I, it was, yeah, right at the beginning. Um, did they, I wasn't entirely clear why Adira sneaks off of Discovery onto book ship. Did did they know there, that they were trapped in this radiation zone? I guess there they was did. A,
1: yeah, there was a line that was kind of a throwaway line where I think Hugh's like I, I they're monitoring us on Discovery, but I don't know if they can hear us. And then you hear garbled comms, and Adira seems to be listening to it at some point uh um, okay. was that last episode yeah, it, or two episodes, two episodes ago, ago. It, 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 what, yeah
0: what must have happened is like adira and gray cuz we do see them like talking to each other before yeah. right adira goes to take the, the the tricom badge from
1: yeah
0: uh reno uh yeah. th- they must have like figured out that like oh like we need to get over there and like buy them some time we don't have time mm-hmm. to like explain this to anyone we just got to have to like go and jump over there Beam over there now! As fast All as right. Possible. So they
2: they they knew from that moment that we need to go get them some drugs.
0: Yeah, they must uh, have were heard. You the, slap they some must have help heard. it? Right.
2: Some- I, <laughs> I suppose it's possible that these uh, Adira uh, and Gray know about. 32nd century technology and perhaps holodeck technology in a way that perhaps a lot of the other people on the ship don't know. I mean, book might, but book had a lot of other stuff going on at that point. So, um, I suppose it might be, we, we know how, what kind of problem they're in in a way that the rest of the crew doesn't. And that's why we have to act and we don't have time to explain it, I guess. Yeah. Well,
3: yeah. I, um, it's a small world one, uh, a few posts back, uh, uh, decently summed up my response to this. Uh, uh, they wrote, I didn't care for that the part of the story, but I did like some character moments. <laughs> uh, to me, this was the, the overall story of Sukal was the kind of thing that would have been a decent standalone episode of any given old school Trek series. Uh, I, I like the basic premise that personal tragedy can feel like it has the, all the weight and, and depth of, of a galactic uh, catastrophe but I don't think predicating the big finale on it made it, it felt trite to me by, you know, 13 episodes in. Um, and so, uh, you know, I like the stuff with gray. I thought, again, I thought that Sukal and um, uh, Saru's time together had some, had some depth that the actors brought to those scenes, yeah. but I yeah. thought the premise was trite.
0: Uh, Bill oh. Irwin is really good as a uh, Sukal. It's kind of a, a complicated role. Cause you have to be like, okay, like this, old man but he acts like a child who grew up by himself on this holodeck and also an alien like you're kind of having to play like and you have to things.
2: have ptsd <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: and he is he's a very physical actor yeah. you know he's like famous for like being a clown i think he has like mime training mm-hmm. which so does uh so does doug jones i believe doug jones um and uh, but he is the uh, not that we've seen a ton of kelpians he is the only Kelpian actor other than Doug Jones that really brings that physicality uh, mm. to to the performance and and he's he's so expressive in his movements and everything you know there's so much prosthetic on his face. I'm impressed that just by his movements, he's able to convey as much emotional information as as Doug Jones, or almost as much. Doug Jones is so good at it, and it's so. Yeah, I think really it was famous. an emotional.
3: It was an emotional performance. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. So it was really good to see the uh, the two of them. And also on that note, it's nice to see Doug Jones's face, um, because uh, he he's normally not allowed to be like that expressive. It's almost like seeing doug jones in his human form here It's kind of like in star trek first contact when they took geordie's visor off and gave him the robotic mm-hmm. eyes little, little very cybernetic nice yeah. eyeballs you know you, you 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 add like another level of expression to expression to the the character and to the actor
1: i do have uh, to say that uh this uh this episode made this interesting for me like i was kind of like on the edge of whether i liked all this stuff or not um I what does uh Hugh call him a poly polyploid. Yeah. He's a mutant. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like... yeah he's a mutant.
2: Yeah. I was struggling. Normally you see these things in Star Trek, and you can uh, uh especially some of this more intense dramatic stuff, and you can map it back in to twenty first century life, usually American life. And um I was struggling with, is there something that Sukal maps into Uh, a a person whose mother died and he was raised by computers? And I was, I I finally decided, I guess he could be, that that could be an orphan experience. Your parents are killed and then you are raised in a kind of callous, mechanical, bureaucratic orphan (laughs) situation.
3: Maps to anything more than, more specific than childhood trauma. But but yeah, I, I can't. Essentially, I can't imagine anything more horrific than childhood trauma.
4: Yeah, so. yeah. Um, I, I mean, like it, Do-
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's true. I like I, Dom's I, comment about Charlie yeah. X. <laughs> I,
2: I guess I just wanted. I, I was like, okay, this has to be saying something about you know, this has to be a trauma that that I that that, that people on Earth experience today. And I was like, this is a really kind of an odd experience this kid has gone through. and But I guess an orphan, if you were an orphan whose parents had died, that would probably feel pretty well, close to this if you were raised in a really crappy orphanage or, or had really <laughs> crappy foster parents.
3: We did talk yes. about how he is also an old man in a lot of ways. And that may, you, you could, you, I think, make a decent case that, that argues how uh, trauma will resonate with you from childhood to the present, mm, especially yeah. if, uh, as he was, not not really treated, maybe, you know, cared for, but not uh,
0: helped to heal. Just like how uh, a scream can resonate through subspace and burn yeah, all the lithium. Yeah. <laughs> uh, trauma can resonate uh, we're going there. all through your life.
2: Yeah, well, I love. I, think... I really liked the dilithium, the burn explanation. The idea that this kid is grown up with dilithium inside his body, and and it's it, his his cells have been affected by the dilithium, and and so he's he's just like Stamets. Is the spore whisperer? He is the dilithium mm. whisperer, and both of them can have these. Have the, If you give them some spores or you give them some dilithium, they can do some pretty crazy stuff with that. Um, so, and uh, so if yeah, he's
1: on a ship, he could just sing or like scream and it could disable the local like if he doesn't have sure he could yeah Yeah, i uh, I will i will say that a missed opportunity for me was i really loved all the stuff with the mom and i love the story and like everything you guys are saying like that definitely resonated but like they did the again another thing that was set up was like the music that everyone seems to hear like that you know like um they just dropped um, that they just yeah. dropped it completely, but there was an opportunity. Yeah. Like I thought, the while the monster was interesting, what would have been neat is if the monster sang that song to calm him down when he got upset, which, right? And like the weird and thing that that's that monster like was that the
0: subtitles down. labeled it as mother,
1: M- mother, which so was also like weird. A yeah, representation of that, his yeah. mom.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah.
1: So just like to uh, tie, yeah, I agree, tie that
0: Starfleet in. boy. I,
3: I think there was definitely opportunities where they could have had an emotional reason behind that that they could have revealed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, to me, <laughs> this. The dilithium thing and the burn was... As bad or worse than red matter.
4: <laughs>
2: so okay. I, hated, We've hated, had, I mean, <laughs> Stamets has wars. We have, <laughs> we, there have been so many cases of Star Trek people with strange little mutations. Or no, super and, abilities. And again, it's the it's scale,
0: again, it's, the, it's the fact that it happens on a galactic wide scale that makes it feel right. not
4: Star They have an
2: entire planet of dilithium as an amplifier. I, I, yeah. I, also, yeah, I,
4: I, I, did, I
1: didn't find any problem. I, 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 not, not that I didn't find a problem with it. I was able to accept that it's possible. Right. Um, yeah, I'd be I, I, I way dumber. The turbo lifts were way stupider than. This. <laughs> yeah, that was it's like not, yeah, if I had are not, to. <laughs> are not a
3: huge major story point to me, and so that I could throw the that out in and this not appear.
0: That kind of became a big point in this. Episode.
3: This was like if there was actually someone who, through um, a sad day to put it tri- uh, to put it cruelly, uh, could just you know essentially cripple the universe then I think I would want, I want some sort of dark mass effect questions like, is it safe to let this person live? Should we put them in at least a hypersleep or something? This is so
0: wildly dangerous. person Well, they do address well, that. They, they do that explain he, yeah. that. They address yeah. that. They, if he gets off of the dilithium planet, it, it right. can't happen again. Yeah. It'll the, the planet is the amplifier.
2: The, the but the also amplifier.
0: Like, like
3: Well, I just feel like the, the idea of like the level of trauma that there, you know, there isn't anything that compares with it. It's like, accidentally causing the extinction of the dinosaurs. Like it's (laughs) a horrific traumatic thing that to me, that's a story. That's a, that's a whole separate
2: sci-fi plot point. Well, we um, might get that story next season. It looks like they're not going to start out with Saru necessarily being back, it sounds like. We might have to go to Kaminar and get Saru and see how uh, um, uh, Sukal is doing uh, in season four. I mean, I don't think they'll spend a whole lot of time on it, but we might get an episode. I, I liked Grey showing up as a holographic projection. That was Did, cool. Were people was really okay great. with that? because I- I, that is, I yeah. actually... I actually had
1: a lot of problems with Grey the whole season. Like, I was having a tough time with the whole, you know, ghost thing... Uh, and this actually that the the fact that the computer recognizes gray as an as a life form that an, or an entity of some sorts and was able to articulate gray into a form yeah. tells me it brought the science part of the science fiction back into it. And it was less like fantastical and supernatural for me. So I actually liked that explanation a lot. I like that moment because it created something that I liked a lot that I wasn't expecting. So that was, cool. I, I loved
2: it, but I was curious yeah. as to everyone else was going to buy it or not, but
1: so. yeah, I bought it hook, line and sinker. I have a question. Uh, Dom says the thing is the Federation left him on the planet for six years. Um, and it's massively the Federation's fault for the, the kid. I think he's been there for 120 years, right? Like I thought well, it he would was longer. But... You no,
0: know, well, he was there and there is a ship like going to look for him. Like the mom sent the distress call when she was pregnant. there's like the red marks on her forehead. But for whatever right. reason, like, the Federation, like, never went and got them. And then, like, this burn oh. happens.
4: Gotcha. So, like, if they had just oh, gone there had... and, and got them oh, in time. Oh, god gotcha. We don't, we don't okay. know why they. I missed that.
0: There was that Federation ship that was, like, they got the distress call that was, like, I guess looking for them. But we don't know why they didn't actually find them.
1: And
2: they might have the got happened. blown up in the nebula. They might have tried to go through the nebula mm. and, pow, that was the end of them.
1: Yeah, it might have been something like okay. that. Okay, I missed that. Thank you. That's That, that explains it. Okay.
0: Yeah, that was uh that was several episodes ago when they when they first got that, that message deciphered of of the Kelpian woman sending the distress call. While they're they're here, Adira, Gray, and Colber find this room with a view where because Grey is the true hologram out of them could actually go where the radiation was like a little bit stronger and and see uh the uh the, the outside, the exterior, and the, the ship, they know that it, it's all gonna it's all gonna be coming down soon, the whole thing's gonna fall apart. And Colbert explains the whole polyploid thing, which I, I tried Googling into that stuff and it's a little different the real life science than how it, it works here. But <laughs> yeah, basically what Starfleet Boy said, like, he mutated uh, when, when his mom was, was pregnant with him. And he's he is able to tolerate the radiation and has this connection to the dilithium. I think what really would have helped this make more sense if they just explained like they had to do some type of like genetic engineering on yeah. him.
2: And I, I would have thrown in a did. line about that. Yeah, and yeah, um, they don't say they didn't, but um, Hugh is in the end just largely speculating. He doesn't even have a freaking medical tricorder. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they they eventually take Sukal to like go and. Basis, the culmination of a story. Turn off the program. And this is where, like, Gray kind of has, like, that breakdown. Like, oh, my God, like, I don't want to go back to being invisible. Uh, you know, I, I want to be seen. And, and, and Colbert promises, like, no, we're going to find a way to do this. Uh, SoCal so approaches the, the console, and he tells it to end program. Uh, everything uh, deactivates. Gray goes away. And then he tells the computer to show a recreation of what happened. The, the day of the burn. And we see this uh, very morbid, uh, grimdark d- in a room full of body bags of his dead family. His mom die of radiation poisoning in front of him. And then he uh, goes uh, super saiyan with his with his scream and sends out a giant shockwave that uh, burns across the, uh, the galaxy. And that's that. So what do you think of, of that stuff?
1: I just realized uh, that like whatever was happening with the radiation could have been could be similar to like the radiation that's created in Star Trek Two that like messes Spock up so much that was cool like I didn't think about that before but I, yeah, I, I radiation kills people yeah, yeah no but I just was not connecting that it's the same radiation as the, the dilithium gives off like this weird radiation if it's charged or whatever they, they yeah. mentioned yeah, that somehow. in Lower yeah.
0: Decks recently too when uh, when Rutherford is trying to be a nurse in sickbay. And he he tells that one patient he's like, oh, you got radiation poisoning. Like, how are you still alive? <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, um, I assume that if you energize your dilithium, it starts giving off some sort of. I think delta rays. I think that was what they mentioned yeah, with Pike. So. Um, Pike when he got, uh, but um, uh, and the, the 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 energy from this this nebula storm thing striking the planet is probably what keeps the dilithium energized and irradiating everything around the area at a a somewhat low level, but, but obviously lethal. Um, I, uh, I really love the scene you've got up there on the slide right now where, where, Mm -hmm. uh, Hugh and gray and Adira have to basically say, you know, they have to say goodbye to gray in a sense or an aspect of gray. Um, and I, I don't know, that was probably the, the most all the feels uh, moment for me yeah. in the whole episode, which perhaps given how much they were trying to emphasize all these other moments might not be the, the point the, the writer would have picked to be the strongest moment of the script, but emotionally. But that was what resonated with me strongest. That was my that got my dilithium resonating. Um,
0: I, I love I, the Culber, uh, the Adira, Gray stuff.
2: And yeah,
1: that was really to awesome. Me, I, think Kolber, are... I want Culber to be my dad. <laughs> you know I, I love mean, my dad like, i love my dad him as a parent but i want him I, to I, be i never, I, never <laughs> I
0: wanted to see stamets and colbert as parents but yeah i love having like, yeah. this, this little star trek family and it's so unique in star trek i mean it's like super cool yeah I, I think it's important to have like these dynamics between characters like these relationships like like yeah. brian like i know that like, you hate on voyager a lot but one of the things i thought that that show was so brilliant at is like you know how a scene between neelix and tuvok will go down or like a scene between like the doctor and seven of nine or Jacoté and the Captain, because or Bellana and Harry Kim. Like, you understand, like, all those individual relationships are so, like, well-defined. And on Discovery, all right, like, fair enough. It, 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 you have, like, okay, well, Tilly and Burnham are, like, best friends. And, like, okay, like, Saru and Burnham are, like, brother and sister. But, like, none of them, like, really pop, like, the way that, the <laughs> as weird as it all is, the, 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 this, this little family here, and it's not weird because of like their, their orientations or anything, but it's weird because you have uh, a man with tardigrade DNA married to a mushroom zombie <laughs> trying to raise a teenager with a slug in their belly who is dating a holographic ghost. Well, not
2: holographic, but yeah, a a, 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 a mental, a, a yeah, in this one, holographic, a, a stionic <laughs> ghost, a, a a mental ghost.
0: I love uh, that family. I, yeah. I, like, it, and I, I know, like how weird it is.
2: Uh, yeah. I also like that the before, actors, it,
3: you know, the oh, ready sorry. room, it's clear that this is, it mirrors real life. Uh, I think they're all good enough actors that it wouldn't have to for them to work uh, at this, but, uh, but it is fascinating and just kind of an extra degree of coolness uh most of the stuff i liked in these scenes were you know had to do with uh gray and adira and stamets but uh but but the the scene itself was i uh, i'm going to say broadly this finale uh on for for sukal was a
2: was a dud for me <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to disagree there with pastel pirate doctor who could have also done this. But... Yeah. Doctor who could, pull, <laughs> but, could in fact, but, uh, uh, yeah, but there aren't a lot of shows that would go there. Uh, I'll grant you that it is. A, I think a, the it... doctor dated an end. Yeah. For a I, I don't while, even but, think anyways,
0: but... Doctor, doctor who <laughs> hasn't been bold enough to like include like transgender characters or yeah, like, like, no, fair enough. Characters. Yeah, it's true. Uh, uh, it's not, true. not, it's not the... pushing the envelope with representation. Like it was, yes. in the I have to
1: say, uh, I also enjoyed that, uh, this whole a little behind the scenes thing uh Ian Alexander role plays with uh a bunch of the cast uh and Ian's character is an elf and so there's been references to pointy ears all, all on twitter when oh, whenever Ian's it? been yeah Ian Alexander and
0: so it, is in their D&D game that the actors in play in their D&D game okay. yeah oh, wow. is an elf so
1: it was cool cause, cause, uh, they, they wear the ears for the game. And so <laughs> I wonder if it was the same ears from the, the makeup, you know, or whatever. But, Funny. but that was a cool thing. So when I saw this, I was like, what? We've been like, you know, it's been like a kind of like a little, uh, a little foreshadowing there. Um, but yeah, I think. The this scene worked and what you were saying like emphasizes the kind of the power of why this scene worked for me as well. Like I really enjoyed the dynamic between those characters. And and in real life also, I think um both uh Wilson Cruz and um um Anthony Rapp. Uh, thank you, Anthony Rap. yeah, were saying that they kind of adopted the actors as as kids as well yeah that's that's what i was talking about earlier that it's mirrored that way yeah
0: um the idea of wanting to be seen uh, that's very much like a i think that
1: uh, beautiful just from what
0: i've observed i i can't relate to it personally so forgive me if i'm overstepping but i i think i'm correct in saying that that probably parallels the uh like like experience of like like coming out of the closet and like wanting to be seen for like who you truly are which I, yeah. I know is that's probably a big thing with the, uh, the 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 gay community, but probably especially with with like the trans and non-binary people who like like physically uh, w- want to be viewed as um,
2: who they who they
0: feel like they they their identity truly is on the inside.
2: Yeah, agreed. Um, are we to assume that they? Went between cuts because there were some cutaways that they, after they got the holodeck switched off, they went to the computer and said, "Hey, computer, how were you doing that gray thing before we leave? Could you let us know what that how, how you did that so can know, we can?" I don't think they had that? time,
1: but. I don't think that time, but I can't imagine the technology. If it's Kaminar technology, I can't imagine the technology is not readily available. So I do. It's feel a like hundred and
2: twenty-year-old Kaminar
0: yeah, technology. technology. I think they just need yeah, a mobile so, emitter. They need like a mobile yeah. emitter, like in Voyager, and and have gray back. Yeah. One more four, note: I,
1: I do appreciate that the Kaminar vessels are tall, like the bottle ships. That was kind of yeah. cool that they have this tallness to them. They're tall uh, people. Yeah. Nice. So
0: I, a, I, like I that. don't know what I hadn't Bill Winners right. height is. I know like saru's sister and dad and and uh saru himself are all pretty tall you actually no see... i just
1: mean that they're length the ships are oriented lengthwise oh, like they're like i, thought you meant, yeah. you know, I mean the, like the
0: ceilings they're high ceilings uh oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's similar and, to and, and those
1: those pylons or whatever that go up the Baul ships were like that and so yeah, i think yeah. it's interesting uh, that, it that
2: makes sense it that is. they would have adapted Ba'ul technology. Right. It's a, a bit surprising they look that similar after how many after centuries. A but, years. but well,
1: well, they do have that like weird. Interestingly enough, too, it's probably the same sets, but they have that roundness to the windows, just like the bowel ships do. So I imagine at some point the bowel and the. And the Kelpians, maybe just like, we're like, all right, we can be, you know, we can cohabitate instead. That would and actually be a very nice together. Star Trek
2: thing to learn. Thing, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would appreciate that if that's yeah. what, when we go to Kaminar yeah. next season, that well, that's what we yeah. get. Um, uh... Did we? I, I thought it was a little risky to let it, he decides he wants to play back. The moment mom died, and I'm like, you know, if this is too much for you, we've got another burn. So, okay, I mean, he thinks he's ready for it, so I guess <laughs> like, we're gonna well, let him well, try yeah, it. He has
0: Colber, he has Colber and Saru to like, yeah, no. you know, walk him through that.
1: This show should have had a,
0: a really dark bit where they're like, you know, if it looks like it's going
3: bad, kill him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is a little convenient that, like, right when the ship starts to break <laughs> down, though, the Discovery shows up to rescue them that's kind of like how, yeah but that. these, that's like always work.
1: classic convenience right uh dom pointed out and he's absolutely right because i do remember this that glitchy uh induction into the federation scene she, scene that's when they do mention that the ball and the calpians join together as an alliance so oh. join the federation together so yeah it makes sense
0: all right well let's talk about this ending that we get uh after after the discovery shows up and rescues uh can we call Sue Cal Sue for for short?
1: <laughs> Sue, Hugh, and Saru,
0: <laughs>
4: and Adira too. Oh,
1: can, can we? Can I have one last note? Uh, it was actually powerful when the reveal of Saru back in the in the makeup and being a Kelpian again. They did a great job with that yeah. scene. How it just panned from like the back of you know how like it just was like a reveal it was a nice shot and he's standing so tall and he's in his like in that gear and everything and yeah that was a moving moment Bill
0: Irwin's reaction to it because it's kind of funny looking at it it's just the breeze breeze.
4: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, Uh, I I dug that
1: Yeah, yeah sorry I didn't mean to hold this back but but that was a cool scene that I wanted to do. It make. was well we, done. We, nor- we normally run
0: <laughs> long with the season finales. There's just uh, so much to unpack. But uh, speaking of which, let's unpack this this ending. Uh, the big triumphant return of the Discovery to the HQ. They have the shuttle bay hangar clearly seen closed. So, uh, <laughs> closed, I guess. Um, the, the Stamets... Colber family uh, reunited, even though Stamets <laughs> is still going to be really mad and pissed off at Burnham going into season four. Uh, yeah. His captain now, so that will be interesting. Uh, they repair their stupid robot. Um,
2: and ah, the, why are you so mean to Sphere Data? <laughs>
0: and we we learn we learn that the the Federation is going to expand again. The the Trill are, are rejoining. Uh, they're really in, like, joining in general. Uh, the, uh, Vulcans and Romulans are considering rejoining, and Saru steps down from captaining the Discovery. He's gonna hang out on Kaminar with Sukal for a little bit, but, uh, Starfleet seems to be, like, uh, really, um, inspired by this, and in a really good place. We have, uh, Sahil is brought back. Yes! And, uh, <laughs> hashtag justice for Sahil. Sahil. <laughs> Admiral Vance actually, I don't know if it was full uh, justice. Uh, Admiral Admiral Vance actually promotes Burnham To replace Saru And be the new captain On board the Discovery And everyone gets new uniforms Uh, Burnham gets to uh, sit in the the captain's chair In this uh, big uh, special moment Where everyone stands up I'm surprised no one cried Or clapped Um, (laughs) And she says let's fly Uh, The Discovery goes off at warp To uh, waste dilithium Instead of using their spore drive uh, Because I guess they have plenty of dilithium now and we get this uh, cool text from Gene Roddenberry, which I almost, I'm not going to be that mean to say that the writers have stuck this in for like, please like us because we like Gene Roddenberry, but um, the, I'll just go ahead and read this because uh, it, is, it is topical too. I think like the last year for, for a lot of folks, but in a very real sense, we are all aliens on a strange planet. We spend most of our lives reaching out and trying to communicate. If during our whole lifetime, we could reach out and really communicate with just two people, we are indeed very fortunate. That is from Gene Roddenberry from the making of Star Trek, I believe. So uh, what do you all think about uh, this ending of not just the episode, but I guess the, the season three ending, this this final sequence we get at the end?
1: I've, I got a little bit of the pomp and circumstance I want. Like there was those ships all lined up welcoming the Discovery home. That was kind of cool. And just everything about this scene is very like Star Trek and it was fan service-y and very lovely. Uh, getting Mr. Sahil back. also he's a lieutenant now, apparently, which is pretty cool. And it suggests that the Federation's already start. like I like that it without showing it, it suggests that the Federation's already like healing and you know, you just see these moments with cameos of characters you saw earlier, like the the president of Navarre and and the and the uh, Trill leader. I forget what um, her um, title is. But those were just like really cool moments. Um, And then I like that the mission of the discovery is to basically distribute dilithium across the Federation and reconnect people. And it's just very cool. And so I hope we see some of that in season four. Uh, and also future Kaminar is very cool. Like, all these things. It, yeah. This was the my favorite part. This is where the 10 came from, Blue. Yeah. <laughs> in case you're, wo- they're gonna in case case you're wondering. They're going to have an easy time hauling that
0: dilithium around. Because their ship interior is so massive. You yeah, they can fill try.
4: all that extra space <laughs> That's true. Over.
0: Yeah, and then they can just sport. That's the, There can, you they go. They can re-dilithium the entire galaxy in a day. Because they can just board jump to everyone's <laughs> planet and drop it off. I, I, you know, exactly funny, it's
3: like, in some planets. ways, it's like, well, it's, ty- you know, it's the big triumph of they can begin fracking on the dilithium planet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: um, um, I, I thought Ad- Admiral Vance uh, was awesome here because he, that, that moment about his daughter and he was just like a different tone to him. He's not stressed out like he's been all season, which all of that's really... You know, understandable, but it was nice to see that the actor like shifted the tone, just the whole tone shifted. He I did. was sad to see that, like, so there's no drama here at the end, but at the very end, you do get a little drama with her and Stamets, with Burnham and Stamets. I, I would so have now, been
2: if
0: they had
1: just if they hadn't done that. that. Yeah, yeah. It's true. We, needed, true. we needed to see something that <laughs> yeah, I, I thought was like, a graceful
0: something. way to handle it. Like, it's not unresolved, yeah. and we're letting you yeah. know and... it's not unresolved. Yeah, yeah. or it's not yeah. resolved. I, I mean. It is a
2: yeah. I I I have to echo echo Starfleet boy. I I thought. Michael's monologue that kind of overviews this and the way it pulled all the threads together in what felt like a very believable fashion, given everything that they had set up uh, and, and a meaningful fashion and a fashion that, that was incredibly heartwarming. Um, and this is a poss- quite probably my second favorite part of the, ep- uh, of the episode was, was this little ending and recap. Um, and uh, I guess, I, I, I didn't really want Michael to be captain but if you have to do it this is probably the single best way that you could have done it as far as not upsetting me I would have been I didn't want uh, uh, I like Saru as captain I don't yeah, want him to get killed I don't want him to look incompetent yeah. but the idea that he says no I gotta go take care of this Sohal guy and and set up Xavier's Tukal. school for mutants <laughs> Tukal and set up Xavier's yeah. school for mutants mutant uh, kelpians um, or whatever <laughs> <laughs> I I'm I like oh no that makes sense that is totally believable that he would see this is more important than commanding discovery and that he yeah you go take charge. Michael. It's like I, I said. It. At
0: the, it's like I said at the beginning of the it, season. It. If, if they if if they're gonna put Burnham in the captain's chair, they'll probably I, the, the things I suggested was like either have Saru be kidnapped or he gets injured or he's lost somewhere. They have to go find him, um, okay. something like that. Uh, yeah, and, and to open the the seat up, and then Burnham would step up to it. And then yeah, it, it, it turned out it turned out I called that one right. I guess that's that's yeah. similar. You yeah, were right, probably.
2: But in the end, he's choosing to walk away from the captain's chair. He's not. It's not a failure yeah. on his part, and that helped a lot uh for for making this go down and i have to admit michael by the end of the episode the episode had kind of convinced me that michael as a captain will actually be pretty fun to watch mm-hmm. i i still think she's better when she has somebody saying don't do the thing who who outranks her but she can now it's have subordinates well, well yeah, yeah I I guess.
3: Guess. we sure got a lot of don't do the thing this season.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And that's that's my problem
0: with this. I, I overall enjoy this. I, I like where the show is set up for season four, but my problem with it, and maybe this is more of a conversation to have next week when we talk about the entire season, but it was just like that, that structure of, of Burnham shows up and it's like, oh no, she's like the bad renegade and needs to get her shit together. And then all of a sudden they, they kind of flip on us and they're like, oh, now she's like the most qualified and the best candidate to be captain. I wish that they had made the entire season a buildup to her like showing her leadership or or whatever to to make this feel like a more natural uh, evolution of, of the character with the, an arc in the season and and the payoff here would have been better for me. Um, I, I felt very like meandering and kind of like they changed directions oh. with a few swerves here and there.
4: I,
2: sure. I, I i quite liked it i i her arc her personal arc i i was fine with the way yeah, they played too. it out it was um, subtle and understated they didn't have these huge moments of crisis uh so much as her just occasionally commenting i don't know who i am or i don't know if i fit here but but i i i liked its understated uh arc so you know hey, when so i'm right. uh
3: when i'm plugged into a, to a, a movie or a show or whatever um and they do kind of an extended ending where you sort of see what happens to everybody and, you know, everything kind of wraps up kind of nicely. Um, I, I'm usually really kind of on I kind of like the release of those sort of uh, – uh, those, those kind of outros. Return um, of the King being,
0: being the, out, the biggest example. Uh, What's that? I that. Return of <laughs> the King is the, being King. the biggest <laughs> example. <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure. And now that
3: one had a lot of somber stuff and this was more a little bit more like uh, – for those of you who have seen, say, a Fast and Furious movie – there's usually a scene at the end of those where they kind of every they they
1: get their reward, yeah.
0: and they get a lot of rewards like that, then. To be like ten of those.
1: Could, could, yeah. could you not reference – Could you have referenced Star Trek Four or? Star you, Trek, you know what?
3: movies like, <laughs> are. Uh, I found that they're a very fun thing that they know exactly what they're doing. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh. but yes, I also like Return of the King too. Um, but it turns out if you're not plugging into it, then it feels very back patty and obnoxious. Yeah. <laughs> so um, sadly, I did not, uh, I, I was not really enjoying the, you know, uh, graduation to the ugly new uniforms, um, captaincy of Michael Burnham that I think I didn't really want to see, uh, finale here. Um,
0: but I... I think that you would agree that it is cool to have another, uh, black girl captain, which is something that I, I think, uh, sure. I've already I seen actually liked a ton of people react to very positively.
3: Yeah. When she, um, when she took command of the ship for that episode where they went into what the, the nebula, the seed, yeah, the, ship the, the was seed
0: episode that I hate die, that die standing or die trying or whatever. Right. Um, but, but regardless of any of the overall
3: qualities of the episode, I liked their portrayal of her kind of just snapping back into, uh, to, to place and the crew being a little bit, yeah, they're off kilter because the disco is such an odd ship, but she knows how to run it. And she was like, I I really liked her in that episode. I think it's, it's the, it's the writing of them. You know, like, I like Sonequa Martin-Green as an actress. It it is more of that, uh, what you talked about, uh, fathery, the, uh, they they're kind of bouncing around her character arc a little bit that meant that I was like yeah okay whatever when she became captain uh but i, I actually have a, a decent amount of confidence that they can make me like her as a as a captain and by the way i did i actually liked her uh, outro catchphrase her uh let's go no, <laughs> which is kind of a, a um,
0: callback to lorca cuz he he would say um and, the, you know, like the first thing we ever heard from him in that first trailer for the show where he had some dialogue, he said, uh, we're working on a new way to fly or something like that.
1: Oh, uh, Actually, yeah. Dom, Dom put it in the chat. I was going to say I got yeah, goosebumps I when I read that uh, when he said that, because it's true. It's a nice connection. And there's always been like a weird bond between Lorca and her and how he kind of gave her got her out of that. You know, like even though he was terrible, you know, but he loved the Burnham and the Mirror Universe. So he still loved. You know, there's this this whole weird complex thing, yeah. um, going on. Uh, but I I was pretty. I was I was I've been waiting for this moment because I've always thought that this was the ultimate end to no, that arc. Didn't. And again, like it you just, just... feels. Starfleet boy, huh? I gotta stop you. No, you no, no. Me, I was. You wait- told me that this I... was not
0: gonna happen here. We got an argument about it.
1: No, I know. I didn't predict it here, but I've been waiting for this moment. And it. Ha- I didn't predict that it would happen in this episode, but I've been waiting for Michael to become a, uh, a captain. I actually thought it was gonna happen at the series end, like maybe season five. The, the or something season like that. finale,
0: not the or the series finale, not the season finale.
1: The series finale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm glad of it. The way they pulled again, not what I was expecting, but expecting it later. But not here, yeah. That's but kind of what I, I would have preferred. I, I think,
0: yeah. Uh, I, no, I loved it. I loved I the way they did it. it they put it off nicely. Yeah, I would like more time with Captain Saru, and then eventually transition to a Burnham captaincy. But uh, I, I can roll with this.
1: You know, like she earned it. She earned it for me.
2: I think that this season. <laughs> I love the, know role, she the it, role. but... She, she, by I, the standards of what it. it takes to become a captain in Star Trek, she absolutely <laughs> earned it.
1: Yeah, she totally earned I guess it. A yeah, real I guess.
2: life military, perhaps not, but
1: because but... I thought I thought it was going to be done in a really kind of. Uh, Again, I thought somewhat – like what you said, like Saru was going to – I thought there was going to be like a a loss to get this game, and there wasn't. Everyone – it just – it felt really balanced and just like right, and it wasn't what I was expecting, but it it ended up being what I want. What is this phrase? It's not what I wanted, but it's what I needed, I guess, you know? (laughs) like It it was like that kind of thing. I just thought of
0: something about uh, Admiral Lance, by the way, is uh, the whole season (laughs) – or Vance. Yeah, I don't know
1: why I, I, <laughs> I love that you that do that anymore.
0: But this whole season, I it just kind of like irks me when people call him Dadmiral cuz I was like, why do you call him really? Dadmiral? Like we don't we, like why do you, why but he do you is. think he's a dad like no Dadmiral. Dadmiral is a uh, Beckett Mariners dad who's actually like a dad admiral. He's a dad. calling this guy Dadmiral. <laughs> oh, no, we learn he's a dad.
1: We he's a daddy. daddy. He's a daddy. <laughs>
3: it is a sexual objectification. It's a thirst for him. And, and he's a good looking man. I'm, 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 he I'm hetero, but I am, I'm behind this. I also noticed in those outro scenes that showed um, Stamets and Culber back together. And by the way, the guy who is uh, who plays uh, Culber, I, I'm losing the name of the actor. Wilson uh, Cruz. Super fit, crazy. He's like on magazine covers and stuff because he's so. Cut. <laughs> but, but like, it, jump, jump back to that picture, Father. They like super tailored his suit, so he's like in this tight fitting suit. I, I'm I'm happy for the LGBT folks who are loving it uh, because <laughs> he's a good looking dude.
2: On this topic, I'm very glad that they. I I'd actually asked for it earlier in our in an earlier um podcast or streaming thing that we did earlier uh that i wanted them to in the final episode to get p- new uniforms and i was very pleased to see that happen uh i was like I-, I was even complaining about it when she accepts the captaincy yeah but you still have to wear those stu- those 900 uh, year old uniforms and then they show they walk out with the new uniforms like so say yes I'm and with then, you on getting little...
0: the new uniforms, but n- not these uniforms. I'm hoping they change for season four. I don't think and I think they will because these don't seem to like really fit the actors very great. So these are at least. Yeah we be
1: we Yeah, scrutin- when you scrutinize it it doesn't hold. Only up
0: Wilson it. Cruz. <laughs> <Bull>. <laughs> I, I, I,
4: mean, I don't I, like
3: I... I don't like the militaristic uh, like uh pips and awards and stuff on the collars. it still looks too too military to me it's, it's very Maroon well it, it makes
1: sense for it makes sense for or what or they've been Maroons. like on a defensive posture having to you know whatever but you're right now that the federation is being restored i would like to see a new starfleet uniform i, I am it. it would be really cool
2: i think these uniforms are fine they're never going to be they my don't, favorite they don't but match
0: the the bridge they don't match like this this bronzy uh bridge with like the, the the these gray uniforms look like they were designed for starfleet hq so they okay. look like really good on like the white sets and the yeah. white backgrounds they don't look good in like this dark room in my opinion
1: i kind of I, agree with that i think that the discovery is going to get a, re- a new bridge as well uh next season i predict i
2: i yeah. doubt it'll be a whole new bridge but they could do a significant refit of and repainting and all of that of stuff bridge, to yeah it. And i think likely. Um, but yeah, I was, I was pleased to see we got the new uniforms. Uh, I, I don't hate these uniforms if they stick with them. I, I'm fine if they change them too. I just thought it was really weird that they kept sticking with those 23rd century uniforms all this time. And I thought, well, as long as they change it at the end to show that they've, Fully been incorporated into this new world uh, and new era. That then symbolically, I'll, I'll, I'll wait for that if that happens. And I got it, and I'm very pleased that I got it because it, it felt exactly as good as I thought it would. That look, now this is your time. This is your home. This is your world. It does. You're, it, you're...
3: it makes sense as you know thematically in that sense. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, and so I get that. I think that's however, that Starfleet needs to loosen the collar. And go to, like, whatever people want, jeans and T-shirts. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: no. actually, you know, I, I don't actually want that, but I would like some fan art of that just to, you know, the same way that there's people who do, oh, it's casual cosplay uh, Bell from Beauty and the Beast or whatever. Uh, you know, like Belle if she That's was a really college funny. student. I want people to go ahead. I want some cosplay play of the,
2: I, I want programmable matter uniforms where they, they walk in, you know, they're like, all right, I'm going to, we're going to beam down to the planet and they touch a button and it turns into their landing field, landing, uh, landing party uniform or, right. or, uniform, or,
3: and, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that, that, would that would be cool.
2: Uh, <laughs> uh,
0: Dom Paris in the chat also has a comment on that. He says that, uh, Wilson Cruz can go topless if he wants.
1: We really started something in the audience there. Yeah, we well, like, really... let's bring back the ripped shirt tradition. Yeah, the ripped shirt like tradition needs to come, to
3: come back. Doctor, somehow, like a patient should grab his shirt while <laughs> they're. In the just endless day for him to get de
0: shirted. Uh, no, no, can, can you send this clip to Wilson their... Cruz? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk to him on Twitter. Well, I've interacted <laughs> with him on Twitter before. Uh, he's, he's cool. He's really gen- cool generous with his time. All I saw of him them in Vegas, actually. and he's really cool there. It, so uh,
2: somebody dies, and they put this big red hand on his uniform and blood, and he's like, oh, I can't do that, and he just pulls yeah, it I off. Mean they they,
0: they keep they keep going back to the well for everything else from the Rathacon, so why not so, do it too? So <laughs> we
1: got full Wilson Cruz in that other episode where we did see him uh, buck naked, so we already yeah. have ha, ha, have gotten Wilson Cruz. <laughs> two things
0: on the, on the uniforms here that I'm up is one um, – not only do I think that they're a little ill-fitting on some of the actors, but I hate how like most everyone is gold. Like uh, everyone's in gold, but like uh, Burdell, and then a couple of people that are in in blue, right. or Doctor uh, Calder is in white. But uh, also, I don't know why this happened, but in the preview episode that they they released for uh, for, for critics to review, mm. Tilly had a red stripe on her uniform. But then the episode that aired, they CGI'd it to be blue. Oh. <laughs> they're not, not aired, but released to, to stream. Yeah. They, they, yeah. And you, you can tell that it does look a little like Photoshoppy.
2: Yeah, well, I it's certainly didn't notice while well watching it, but yeah, you're right. Now um, that it, so it, the freeze I, frame is a little, it I'm, looks a little. I'm off.
0: guessing at one point they wanted Tilly to be first officer. And then when they actually started shooting season four or writing season four, they're shooting it now. They're yeah. like, actually, we want Tilly in like a science role. So, I maybe yeah. this is maybe this is some unintentional foreshadowing
2: of what to expect yeah. in season four. Yeah. So I, I want to say I love the quote. I, at the end i I don't think I, I I'm sure i've I've read the making of Star Trek, so I must have but I was like in high school when I read it yeah. so i I'd totally forgotten about it, so it was might as well have been new to me and i I'm going to add that to my list of favorite quotes. I've got a little word document um so that was a a, a beautiful and very meaningful quote to me that to end on uh, that I quite liked.
1: I uh, I was so moved by relevant. it that I made a tweet about it. It was like really cool. Yeah, it was yeah. very touching to see that. And also, they played the TOS theme at the end, which was we did that for
0: season one too. Oh, yeah,
1: they and did. I think I didn't season realize. two I think
0: they <laughs> did it for season two finale because that that ended with oh, Hike gotcha, gotcha. on the Enterprise.
2: Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. That's yeah. right. So
0: that's just what That's their tradition for the
2: season finales. <laughs> they, they need to change it up, and for the end of season four, play the next gen theme. <laughs>
0: yeah, they get this really weird. Do the animated oh, series or voice something it doesn't oh, make yeah. any sense. It's a long
3: road to get to,
0: but there's a uh, another theme that they could use. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: nope. That would be best. Okay, I retract my suggestion. things bum, that make me want to stop bum. watching the
0: episode? <laughs>
1: I like the TAS theme. Oh, really good. It's yeah, really it's really good. good.
0: It's a shitload better than Enterprise's theme song, but hey, what isn't? <laughs> uh, on that note, I just, I guess we should um, reiterate the, the strange coincidence of how so much of the season did come off relevant to the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. I think the people who watched this now as it came out you know, years from now, if you ever rewatch this, it'll always uh, be kind of a bittersweet, uh, re- assuming that you kind of like this episode, kind of memory of, you know, enjoying Star Trek while all of the uh, s- stress and anxiety and inconvenience and discomfort and loss and grief and frustration and fear of the, the, the last several months. And, and for me, uh, like I, I really enjoyed having all the new Star Trek episodes that we've gotten in the last year. and it's uh it's it's certainly uh, I don't know if I want to say like made life easier, but just, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's what it did. It it was always something to, like look forward to. I enjoyed like doing all these conversations with uh, with uh, all of y'all and with um, our audience. and um, even though i I didn't like this episode, you know, I always have a fun time experiencing star trek with with this this fandom well said father yes. and yeah. yeah i can get behind that i can get behind that
1: <laughs> and we're all we're all hoping to reconnect uh very soon you know we're hopefully we'll, we'll get out of this virtual... star trek las vegas yeah we might the, be able to actually the... have some
3: in-person connections
1: that editions. have been the sort of off limits
3: for a year my fellow
0: americans if if we get these two thousand dollar checks everyone needs to spend that on star trek las vegas and uh, <laughs> like I, I plan on being there if, if i can get my covid shot in time and it's like safe to go like i definitely plan to uh hit up star trek las vegas this year
1: <laughs> I echo what Dom says. We appreciate and love hearing you, Fathery. I have really oh, been privileged and yeah. honored to join you guys for this season of discovery. I just want to say that, like, thank you for letting me connect with mm-hmm. track Yeah,
2: um, it's been, I, I I been great having done. you. We have
0: we have more to come, more to come in in yeah. the, the weeks to come. We have stuff planned so
2: i um, i do have to echo that the 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 only thing i one of the things i love almost as much as watching new star trek is talking about star trek so this <laughs> has been wonderful so
0: well uh, thank all of y'all for uh, for being here uh for all of it and i uh, i guess uh i want to remind people we will still be back next week Um, but let's run through these, uh, Gorn eggs real quick. There wasn't that much, but I can, I can, let's, let's hatch the Gorn eggs. Hatch (laughs) the Gorn eggs. Okay. Hatch. Hatch Hatch those Gorn eggs. Starting off with the Gorn eggs. I don't know if, if anyone noticed, uh, but the recap at the beginning of the episode, that was actually Zora's voice saying like last time on Star Trek Discovery.
3: Oh,
0: (laughs) Uh, I thought it was Osiris maybe. Okay. Or maybe it was. Maybe I got that one wrong. I don't know. I have to go back and double check. When Adira oh appears on that holodeck on the Dalithium planet, she is actually dis- disguised or masked as a Zahian alien. That's the uh, species that Poe belonged to. Uh, first oh. seen in the Short Trek episode Runaway. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Short Treks. Zara mentions that uh, everyone says they won't talk at first, but uh, eventually you'll be squeaking like uh, Alcorian Sorrowhawk. That was the uh, the animal that uh, the character Kraft mentioned uh, hearing back on, on his world in the short trek Calypso. That was the thing that went like, queet, queet. <laughs> That's how he does it.
3: I'm gonna start using that uh, turn of phrase, uh, squeaking like a Alcorian
0: Sorrowhawk. <laughs> that sounds like a very Odo thing from Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. He's, he's yeah. always he's always like m- mentioning some some animal from it's like an Earth animal from an alien planet. It's always, yeah. that's <laughs> weird, but I I love it. Um, but uh, Zara had another Gorn egg uh, when he says the no win situation. A very clear callback to Captain Kirk and the no win scenario he did not believe in established in Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan. Uh, Tilly talks about her birthday that she spent hanging out in the nacelle with Michael Burnham. Uh, We first saw people enter warp nacelles in the Star Trek The Animated Series episode One of Our Planets is Missing. We saw it again in the Next Generation episode Eye of the Beholder and the Enterprise episode The Catwalk. When the viridian has captured the discovery there are anti-proton weapons being fired i thought this was a really cool gordek because the only other time when anti-protons were a weapon was in the uh, doomsday machine that's what the the planet killer used was an anti-proton beam so i really love that in the 32nd century that type of deadly weapon is a more commonplace type of thing
4: Hmm.
0: and then at the very end. When uh, Tilly says that they're going to go get the dilithium, they're going to assist the mining vessel Coloma or Coloma. Uh, I, I can't remember how you say it exactly, but I didn't know about this. But so that's actually the uh, place in California. That's the town where the gold rush started back in the 1800s. Uh, someone uh, found gold in uh, Coloma, California. If I'm saying it right. But yeah, those are all the, the the Easter eggs and jokes and continuity connections. Have I missed anything? Be sure to let me know. Uh, in the meantime... Those were all the Gornix?
4: Uh,
1: <laughs> that's amazing.
4: Listen, yeah, they, there that was,
1: was that, just um, a lot of
3: punching and elevator hopping. and true.
0: They could have cut out about like 17 or 18 minutes of that and had a, a shorter, <laughs> tighter
2: episode. I, I, um, I've actually been thinking about making a fan edit without the elevator sequence. Yeah. I've actually been thinking about that. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's, it's on
0: screen. <laughs> we have to live with it. It's, it's just... Yeah. Uh, it's there. But that doesn't mean that we can't
3: enjoy the beautiful fantasy that Brian might present us with of a, <laughs> of a less
0: tedious action sequence version. I'm for it, Brian. All right. Yeah, but uh, again, thank you everyone who hung out with us through this 23 weeks of Star Trek, Lower Decks Season 1 and Discovery Season 3. I hope you all come back next week at 7:30 p.m. Central, Friday night, to hear us discuss our, our thoughts on both those seasons. And we'd love to uh, hear from you if you're able to make it live. And uh, if anyone is checking this out live, you should definitely hop on over to Starfleet Boy's channel momentarily. And Starfleet Boy's uh, about to tell you why.
1: We're going to do Starfleet Boy After Dark, and uh, the episode is called Ding Dong, the Witch is Dead. Uh could mean a lot of things. <laughs> Uh <laughs> and so so we're going to have that uh we're going to start we are to try to start close to eleven thirty, guys. Sorry, Starfleet boy needs a little, you know, needs to like in 30 regenerate. Minutes, a wherever little. you are, yeah, in thirty minutes. I don't, so, yeah. I don't
0: know why East Coast people always think every the rest of the world revolves around their time. Oh, so, sorry,
1: that's but... true. <laughs> in thirty minutes from Mark, from my Mark, from this Mark, Mark.
0: <laughs> yeah, so definitely come hang out with us over there. I'll be there, and we're gonna have a lot of fun.
1: It so, is it's gonna be really fun.
0: But that's everything. So. Uh, I guess we, yes, will, we will sign off on that note. <laughs> but until next time, as always, live long and prosper, y'all.
2: Listen to the Text Trek podcast through Apple Podcasts,
1: Google Podcasts, Spotify, or at text-trek.com. Like us on Facebook at
2: facebook.com/text-trek, and follow Fathery on Twitter at txtrek. Please support us by liking our videos and subscribing to our channel on YouTube. Thank you,
4: and take care.